What's up, guys? It's Captain Cook. Welcome back to Spicy Memories, the podcast where we talk about food and life and stuff. I always have wonderful guests on, but tonight I am joined by an extra special guest. I am joined by Hope Johnson from Hope Eats NYC on Instagram. Hope is a private chef and a caterer through the Institute of Culinary Education. She is the piano and keyboard player for Queens County Roots, a fucking great band. Um, very avid athlete, including the head coach of a squash team, which is kind of dope. And um, even with all that going on, last but not least, you are also uh, the board director of uh, also known as Inc., which is an organization setting out to empower the voices and lives of adult international adoptees and basically change how we see race. And, you know, you kind of bring to light the true loss that goes along with like the disconnection of like home country and somebody's like family and like culture. And so it actually seems like a really, really really great uh, organization. I was always looking it up today. So I don't know everything about it, but I did that for a reason. I want you to want you to expand my, my what's that? What's that? Uh, my brain. There you go. Um, so Hope, seriously, welcome to Spicy Memories. Thank you so much for sitting down. And Thanks thank for you <laughs> for being hopefully, hopefully successfully the first video podcast guest. And if that doesn't happen, I'll just cut this right out. So is <laughs> that. Oh God! Uh, did I miss anything? You want to expand on anything? But welcome. Oh, you got it. I got everything right. That's your research. Go well. That's good. That's good. I'm gonna end up writing your 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 biography in a couple of years. That's good. Um. Anyway, all right. So look, there's there's so much that I want to ask you, and I have to I have to narrow down. First of all, you're you live in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in Park Slope. I was gonna say yeah. So you're from like Brooklyn. You're from like okay. Yeah, um, that that changes a lot of things because I was born in Manhattan and like we're both New Yorkers. So like I can oh. ask you like New York questions now. Yeah, I may live up in the fucking boonies now in northern Westchester, but <laughs> I was I was born in Mount Sinai in, in Manhattan. So, yeah. Um, and so that that changes like there's going to be like bagels like sprinkled in and like some pizza questions and stuff. Now it's going to be crazy. Um, and I'm just so happy okay. that people can finally see how insane I am to the Zoom guests because people hear my voice, but they don't know what it's like for you people. I look like. I look like I'm going through something, you know, half the time, you know what I mean? So this is like, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, everybody is, but like, this is going to be good for the video guests, hopefully. And again, if that doesn't happen, I'll just cut this out. Um, But welcome, seriously. Uh, Thank you for sitting down on this wonderful, what the fuck is this, Thursday night, right? Oh, God. So uh, there's so much to start with. All right, let's just start with like food. Let's let's start off with the easy little, 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 little knock one out of the park. What do you say? Um, So Asides from you graduating from the Institute of Culinary Education, okay, and doing catering and being a private chef through them now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when did you actually start, like, not just doing home cooking? Like, I mean, like, like, I don't know if there's, like, an exact time, but, like, do you remember, like, a meal or, like, a time frame and age where you were, like, cooking something and you were, like, mm, I need to do this, like, more seriously? <laughs> like, like, I need to not just make, you know, bacon and eggs. So That's oh, funny because that's how I went to college for mainly squash and then I realized college was not for me Mm. it's a long that's a long story two (laughs) years so I like I went to college in Pennsylvania at Franklin Marshall for the squash team came back to the city because yeah not wait hold on hold on hold on you went to Franklin and Marshall in Lancaster Pennsylvania yeah I've been there that's crazy really my cousin and like two of my uncles went there they're all like legacies and shit yeah oh no shit yeah I went and visited I went and visited in there and then uh, he showed me all the frats and I was like yeah I don't like this yeah, no, so it was, it was like, awful. It was awful. Thank you. I'm yeah. so glad we're on the same board with that one. No, look, as much as I love swimming in a sea of boat shoes and short shorts, I um 
I just, uh, I was like, this is, this is a lot of leg hair for me. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is, this is not for me. So <laughs> but anyway, sorry, yeah. continue. No, you're good. No, it's Yeah. In high school, when I was applying to colleges, I was like, I'll do something opposite. I like chose that mistake, mistake. And so I came back to the city. Um, I was super lost, obviously, because a lot of my friends weren't from, from high school, weren't back here. So I had to like make new friends and I was applying to jobs. And the first one I got was at a meal kit company. It was called Mise en Place. Um, nice. Like people know what that yeah. people know what that mean, means, you know, everything in its place, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I did an internship there for a decent amount of time, um, learned a lot. It was basically all social media marketing. I learned how to Instagram. That's how I got blew up my own Instagram. There was recipe testing, like ingredient prep, menu planning, actually delivering the meals. It was kind of like Blue Apron. Um, and then eventually they ended up not paying me, obviously, because I was like a young person <laughs> in the city doing an internship. Yeah. But I learned a lot. And then so once I, it became enough, I had like enough, I decided to start my own my own company instead for marketing, just marketing, honestly. Okay. But they also taught me about influencer events and stuff like that. Right. And I was like, oh, there's like a nice network and that I was, can like, that's a, that's hope social, right? Is that, is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I started that, the marketing and I did, I had clients in the city for like restaurants, cafes and stuff like that. And then I was like, you know what? Screw this. I, I love cooking. <laughs> I love eating. My dad is a really good chef. He was in finance and stuff like that, but that's his passion. It's food, food connects like older generations with you so much that you don't even really, I mean, I, cause I learned to cook from like my parents, like, you know, and especially my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my, my mom and my dad, but in different ways, like my mom uh, was determined to like make like brownies out of like diet soda and black beans, you know, like Weight Watcher style. Yeah. Um, Whoa. Which was, and no, nah, but also she did some cool I've stuff. Never heard of that. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was a whole thing, but my dad's the one that taught me how to use like a chef knife when I was like nine. And when I was like nine or 10, he started like actually putting me in front of the burners and being like, you need to learn how to do this so you can function as like a human, you know? And, um, and then uh, the older I got, yeah, the older I got, the more I started cooking. But I, um, I feel like, you know, I don't know. I mean, when, well, I I don't know how old you are now, but like, how long have you been like cooking at this like level, would you say? Three or four years. That's, That's a good amount of time. That's that's, yeah. a, that's a nice area to be in because you're like you're like you're solid like you know you could bang out like what's the biggest party that you've ever like catered? It was a squash tournament actually. It was like 120 players, and I was also playing in the squash tournament. Oh my god! So it was just like banging out all the food, playing my matches, tending to the food. Oh my god! I died the next day, and then I I can't even imagine <laughs> catering the catering jobs alone that I have done. I mean, I've been a part of a team of like three chefs and we did like 250 people at this like museum gig, but we did it outside in October and we were under like one of those bullshit tents. Like we didn't even have like an oven outside. It was like, like a enclosed like speed rack and it had those like blue fucking flame, like catering things. He yeah. had like 50 of them on the bottom to heat up the whole thing. Oh, oh, the sternos. Yeah. Yeah. The sternos. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the <laughs> things. yeah. I was like, this is insane that we have to do this. He's like, yeah, I know, but let's just, you know, but like, I think by myself, with a few people under me helping me like 125 people. And that alone is enough to knock you the fuck out. And yes. I mean, you, you eat amazing, by the way, all the food that you post on your Instagram looks incredible. Like the food that you post at places and you always tag them, the food that you cook, like your catering jobs, you put like all that shit looks like incredible. 
and thanks it's it's just, it takes so much out of you so doing that and also playing in a squash tournament it's like i don't know that takes a, that's a level of agility that i'll never fucking have anymore um jesus christ oh god so i don't know all right do you remember there being like a dish that you were like oof like the, like something that really got you into like i want to get into like the nitty-gritty of like being like a real cook like a chef you know what i mean like do you remember something that you ate where you were like fuck <laughs> like before culinary school or yeah yeah of course or, honestly i used to cook a lot with my dad even when i was younger i was like one of those stories where it's like you could see over the stovetop and you were like cooking with your dad when you were younger right. he just made this like rotisserie chicken with like rose like these herbs and stuff and i'm my mind when I was in like lower school, I was like, damn, this is, this is good. <laughs> You're like, holy shit. Delicious. There is, there is something magical about just like a slow roasted chicken, you know, with the cavity shoved with like some lemons and garlic and maybe some sage and thyme and stuff and like nothing, nothing too crazy. Like, even if you don't want to do like a, like an herb butter, you can do like a nice olive oil kind of rub, go under the skin. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, there's something like so simple and so good about it. That like, like, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I started making like rotisserie rub along with my hot sauce, because I would make this jar of rotisserie rub that my, my wife had requested literally every weekend. And I would make an eight hour rotisserie chicken in a slow yeah. cooker. And then I would take it out carefully and broil it and get it like crispy. And I had this like amazing combination in a jar. And she's like, you should just like sell this. And because we were making rotisserie chickens like every fucking week. And it's just, there's something wow. just like so simple about it that I love. But yeah, you know, I mean. Pete will come after me for that, but that's okay. <laughs> we're like, we're like, we're like sweet talking the, 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 in, the intrinsic value of like, you know, a dead bird. Um, so that'll be fun. This episode brought to you by PETA. Um, so, all right. So let's, let's, let's transition quickly and I'm going to I'm going to bounce all around. So don't, don't try, yeah. don't try and follow. I like to, I like to keep people, keep people on the move. Uh, yeah, no. Um, so music, I, you are, from what I can tell, a, a very talented piano player. Is that like your main only instrument or do you also play nine other things as well? I, I taught myself guitar in eighth grade because I was obsessed with the Jonas Brothers. Oh, shit. Okay. And Unfortunately. Who, and out, out of the three, who's your favorite? I like Nick Jonas. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Not anymore. No. Now it's like, now, now it's like Joe, kind of. You know what I mean? Like Joe's a little more kind of up my speedway you know yeah yeah maybe maybe because he's married to sophie turner and she's awesome maybe yeah maybe, maybe not though i don't know <laughs> um i don't know but um do you still you still play or are you just kind of like guitar yeah yeah for fun for fun oh, okay, for fun for sure. but yeah you're yeah. really good at piano anything else you i so i actually had a five seconds of fame thing in high school too. I don't know if I told you about, or you know about that, but I had a friend, um, her name was Maggie, um, and she and I had a YouTube channel. Um, and we had been playing music from eighth grade to 12th grade. Yeah. And we got famous senior year of high school what? doing a rendition of Gangnam Style. And we were number one on BuzzFeed and like all these, what? countries and stuff like that and we were on channel 12 news it was literally filmed like right over there shut the fuck up are you serious yeah this is blowing my mind holy shit it is was this very embarrassing <laughs> i don't care i need to see this video holy shit yeah. 
did not tell the, you that one. So I oh my God. was harmonizing. I was I got a lot of like a good ear for singing by harmonizing right. her because she had an, she is still has amazing voice. She's in Boston right now, actually, right. still doing music. But yeah, so singing, guitar, kind of piano. Yeah, guitar is a guitar is a fun one. Guitar is kind of transitioned into my main instrument now. I didn't. I started. Nice. With, I started with piano, and then in fourth grade, I picked up a saxophone, and that became sax became mm. my main instrument for a while. That's why I started. That's why I started playing in ska bands, and then um, and then, um, and then I got older, and I was just like, mm, I think I want to be in the front, and so I started singing. Uh, but uh, that, yeah, so that was that was interesting. But I, yeah, I play guitar, bass, piano, sax um okay i can play the shit out of a recorder your own band <laughs> i could play i could play iron man on the recorder real well you know what i mean uh, there's nothing better than hearing a black sabbath song played on a recorder like, <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you that's you don't you, you don't know badass until you play iron man on a fucking recorder um, so now i want to kind of i want to i want to ask you this because like music is always a big part in like the kitchen whether it's like me here at home or i've noticed like now that i'm in professional kitchens like you know like the mm -hmm. chef i work with every sunday she's got this fucking speaker and music is just blasting all day with us and we're just like we're fucking psychos in there and that's in a lot of kitchens that's how it is and so i don't know what's your usual like cooking I, i'm it's probably different when you're like have you have work to do as opposed to like when you're home just like fucking around but like what's True. your what's your preferred either or what's your preferred genre of music or any kind of music when you're when you're cooking when i'm cooking i honestly i watch the cooking channel while i cook that's kind of cool actually <laughs> i watch the cooking channel on the food network almost 24 7. it's really bad but that's, i learned a like, lot and having so notes app for like all the tv tips that i've just uh, Okay. listen to i'm like oh that's nice a nice technique and new new technique and stuff like that and like learning about new ingredients there's a lot of cooking is just knowing how an in ingredient behaves when you put it under certain conditions right. and once you know how it behaves and under the same like different conditions you can perfect a dish kind of like that nice yeah i uh it's funny actually my last episode with a uh, cast iron kyle who's also pretty big on Instagram. he's fucking he's awesome um he we and i had a very long discussion about fish sauce uh being an ingredient that is kind of like under different conditions it does different things like like you I've, um, have you you've used fish sauce i assume yeah i actually use it very often to be honest because okay it doesn't taste how it smells and it doesn't taste the way it tastes when it's done in the dish the way that you tried it out of the bottle like because yeah. there's just like there's certain things that are just so like flat and pungent, like smoked paprika, right? You can, you can bang a rail of smoke, smoked paprika off the fucking counter if you want, and then you can put it in the dish and it'll smell exactly the same. Like you can eat a dish and be like, oh, there's paprika in it, right? And <laughs> yes. like, it's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, there's things that are very present. Fish sauce is one of those things where it, it adds a huge difference in dishes if you cook it. Umami. Right? And yeah, yeah, it's umami and it's got like, this beautiful like just richness that it adds to some dishes and like a lot of people don't know that because they hear fish sauce and they smell it and they're like Ugh. and they like don't want to like sound good it doesn't smell good raw yeah, yeah. So. but also i think a lot of that has to do with uh predisposed notions of ingredients and partial racism uh, so that we can yeah. Yeah. um yeah so we'll uh, we'll get into that as well um 
not not that I'm claiming that I'm I'm, I'm not you know I am I am a, I am a, a a white man, but I I have noticed. You I probably know more about fish sauce than I do, to be honest. Probably not. Know. Probably not. I, I I know very I know exactly how I've used it. I'm not like if somebody's like so tell me what it's made of. I'm be like um like it's just kind of like I'll freeze up. But no, I just I I think what's what's happened with me recently is the more serious I became about cooking, the more serious I became about the origins of everything, and the more research I did and the more yeah. I realized that like all these different ingredients, all these different dishes and stuff, there was a lot of these like predisposed notions that people have, it's not the predisposed notions here, whatever, uh, that people have about these ingredients because of like the culture they came from or like mm. they don't know the real origin story. Like I think I've mentioned this on like three episodes in a row, but I don't care. Uh, tacos al pastor, right? It's um, a dish yeah. that you find in all over the city in like California, but it originated from Mexico, but it actually originated from like Lebanon because the Lebanese immigrants went to Mexico and brought it. So it's like, I, I became very interested in like why people thought certain things, you know, like why, you know, um, people were so against like MSG for no fucking reason. Right. Or why, you know, I only learned about the MSG thing a few years ago too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, everyone's like everyone, you know, and they say these like horrible things that go along with it. And, but I'm like, MSG is in fucking Doritos. So if you eat Doritos, like shut the fuck up. Like, seriously, like, it's like, it's literally just like, a, it's, it's a flavoring salt that makes things taste better. Like, I don't know how else to explain, you yep. know, it just makes things taste better. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, people getting just a completely skewered view of things coming from whatever culture they were coming from. And, you know, you, you listen yeah. to what your fucking parents say and you go by that. And so yep. a lot of people's minds are very closed. And so what I've tried to set out to do in the past couple of years is like broaden that a little bit and be like, okay, well, I can like buy something like fish sauce, right? Or I can buy something like, you know, uh, you know, tamari, right? <laughs> or I can like yeah. do it and I can, but I need to understand like, how it's used like why it was used like where was it available and those you know like and that's the best part of being a chef like you have so much to learn all the time and it's just like amazing yeah. the world is like, never ending and i'm just like wow when i was younger i'm like if you're a musician you know everything if you're a chef you can cook everything i was like yeah. nope that's not nope. how that's which is it's it's kind of the beauty of it though if you think about it like you can kind of do yeah. this happily for the rest of your life you know oh, yeah. like i because i work a nine-to-five job that is not in a kitchen. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So I work in the Bronx actually. Um, I'm at a school for the blind. Yeah. I work at a school for the blind in the Bronx. So. Wow. Um, yeah, that's I don't work with the kids. Don't you? Don't have to sound sympathetic. Uh, that's fine. I, I work in the office. I'm not. Everyone's like, oh, that's on. I'm like, no, nah, I don't care. It's fine. Uh, but no. Um, then you got a nine to five. <laughs> for now, yeah. I'm hoping to actually transition out of that this year. So we'll see. But um, I don't know. But, but basically, like, I, I every moment I'm not cooking or in a kitchen I'm thinking about food and the more I've thought about food I'm realizing that it's like it's this world that you can just kind of dive into and you can kind of be present in it no matter what you're doing you could totally be not cooking you could be you know yes. you could be you know fucking threading your eyebrows and you could just be thinking about food like it's just like it's, it's always like meditation know, or something right. like that like right. I totally feel you on that like literally I, I I'm also into like the universe stuff like the into the have you seen that into mm -hmm. the universe with Stephen Hawking Yes. And he talked about, yeah, and he's like, he's like, you know, he's incapacitated. He's, he's smart as hell. And like his mind, he's free and he can, yeah. it, it's gorgeous. It's almost like you, you open up another like part of your brain that you didn't yeah. think that like you had, you know, and yep. with music too. I mean, music is kind of like that for me too, because you can always hear new music. You can always find some new stuff to play. You can always learn a new instrument. Like there's never going to be a time when you're just like, I've done everything I can do. Like, you know, it's safe to say somebody could easily say that, you know, somebody like 
Yo-Yo Ma, right? Probably is good with the cello. He's probably just like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. But if you've ever seen him interviewed or talked, first of all, he's like the sweetest human being that there's like ever existed. Um, if you you've ever seen- Yo-Yo Ma? <laughs> huh? You've talked to Yo-Yo Ma? Me personally? No. Um, I did, I did follow, I was a very, I am a very big fan of his though. And I followed him for a while. He like, there were like people waiting in line to get their vaccines at like the Javits center. And he just like showed up and started playing cello for everybody. Like this past year. Yeah. Look it up. It's crazy. Like, yeah. And he did a tiny desk concert and he's walking through each song and like what it meant to him as a kid. And like, he has got this like enthusiasm that has not lost its spark at all. Like, do you remember BB King before he died? No. BB King would come out and play guitar. He would he was sitting in a chair because he was so old and big by the time he died. He literally would just sit down and play guitar. He was just like gone. He was playing guitar, but you could tell that his eyes and mine were just like somewhere else. He just didn't give yeah. a fuck, right? Yeah. And so when you see somebody on the opposite side of that, like Yo-Yo Ma, who's got this like spark and enthusiasm at age 62 after playing cello since he was like four, like, you know, that's insane to be doing it for like almost six decades and still have that much enthusiasm. And I feel like that's awesome. I feel like food can kind of go along with that. So what I'm curious about is, do you find that the blend of you spending so much of your time and like food and music, it kind of like pairs together, kind of like a nice wine with like a meal. You know what I mean? Like music. I you I, I wanted you to tell me what you feel about this, but I feel like when I cook certain things, I get a similar feeling when you've successfully run through a song or when you've just learned something that you were trying to learn, right? Like for you, especially your fucking pinky wasn't doing the thing that you want to do on that last note and you fucking got mm-hmm. it on the, you got it on the B flat, you know, like, like yeah. something, something that just like clicks, it evokes a certain kind of like emotion for me. So I don't know. I'm curious if there's any kind of parallels between those two for you. No, totally. Honestly, I was, we had a band dinner like a while ago and we were talking about how food and music kind of were similar and we we're like, oh, make creating a dish is kind of like creating a song. It's like, you've got to put all the put all the components together and make them blend harmon- like harmoniously. And so it's like, we're kind of playing a game where it's like, oh, if, like what you were trying to parallel, like, oh, like adding salt, it's kind of like symbols or like adding the base, it's kind of like adding the fat. Right. Everything has to blend harmoniously and it's a different like sense for your, for, for human senses. So it's like yeah. when you eat something, it's like, oh, this all balances out really well, which is actually the beauty of becoming a good chef, which is- right watching chops and stuff that's a whole puzzle in like yeah. 20 minutes for like the appetizer round or whatever it's like you literally just have to like put it all together make yeah. it blend beautifully and then working in a band same thing things yeah. have to be leveled it's not like you, you have to take out the ego and like the immaturity which is like a lot of musicians in the city or, <laughs> yeah that's know, a lot i have news for you that's a lot of musicians <laughs> in the world <laughs> it's like any musician yeah yeah, so you got to work with the ones who actually, like, I know. can be a person and take that all away. But, yeah, it's, I definitely find a lot of similarities between the two. I just I – f- I feel like there's a certain creativity that goes into both of them. Like you said, there's a balance, you know? Like, with cooking, I would say – and people can disagree with me. You can tell me because you have bigger credentials than I do. You're a graduate from ICE. So – I usually tell people that cooking is like 87% controlling your heat always, right? Energy. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like controlling the heat and controlling like the, like everything, just making sure everything is going at the pace that you want, which is kind of like a tempo, like you said, of a song, you know, but like, that's always what it's been like for me. And like, I I feel like once I kind of learn that, like when you go into a professional kitchen or like, even when I do like meal prep on Sundays and stuff, 
You yeah. see people flipping pans and tilting them in flames and stuff. But the reason they're doing that is because all the burners are on fucking max and you've got to like pump something out really quickly. So you move it around really quickly because you have to. If you're at home and you got the flame on medium heat, you don't have to be fucking stirring like, you know, crazy inside the pot. And a lot of people make yeah. that mistake. So yeah. I think I think there are similarities between the two because it's it's like you immerse yourself into this like process, right? Where you can't um, – you can't like fuck up. You can't stop in the middle, right? You can't just like stop playing, basically, right? Like you can't, you know, you can't just like walk yeah. off stage. Right? You can't walk off stage. I mean, you can walk off stage in the middle of a song. Yeah, yeah. It's like you could walk away from a pan. That's hot. You shouldn't do it, but you can. Uh, like, I totally recommend not doing that, but you absolutely can. Um, or you could do what I did the other day, which is I was, <laughs> I was making pretzels, and because um, I, I love making pretzels and bagels, and. Um, I put the pretzel dough in the stand mixer bowl to rise and I drape yeah. a black uh, fucking rag over it and I put it inside the oven because it's dark. Mm -hmm. and like an hour and a half later, I was like, oh yeah, I got to roast potatoes and I just cranked the oven on. And then like 10 minutes later, I was like, oh, and I just <laughs> I opened the door and I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, so like that would probably be the equivalent of like, you know, starting to play a song and then realizing that your amp is just not plugged in. Right. That's like, that's like, yeah. that's pretty much like, you know, so a lot of cooking is, is like here and making sure the timing is right. And right. Yeah. Making sure I, I kind of find it kind of fun to be honest, because I love puzzles and I love being active, like the sports stuff. So it kind of all works. Do you, really do, you, well. do you work well when you're, when you're, when you're frazzled, when you're like a little under the gun? I mean, if you're, if you're an athlete, I'm assuming, yeah, but you know, I'm assuming you do well under pressure if you're that avid of an athlete. For, for cooking, for cooking, okay. I'm good for that because a lot of catering gigs, you perfect stuff and you taste it and you're like, okay, this is perfect. We're, right. we're good to go. For performing on, for music, even my band knows this, like, honestly, I had never performed live until I was with this band, Queen's Country. Really? Yeah. So it's funny that we're combining the music and the food because, so I went to, I see the Institute of Culinary Education, like in 2018, and I actually had not played music during college or even when I came back and I was in that internship and one of the guys in my class um his name is uh Jesse he is an amazing singer he actually unfortunately moved back to Toronto because of his visa and green card stuff but he was the singer originally in this band and he was like oh hope I know you play piano and stuff like that. You want to sit in on like a gig because we need a keyboard person. I'm like, yeah, I'll sit in. <laughs> I had never, I hadn't played since like before college. Right. And I was like, okay, this is like a four chords, like some chords, you know, I'm gonna try. So I was very nervous the first gig, very, yeah. But, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm honestly getting better now performing in front of people. And it's just funny how like the food, and the music just like kind of blend together blends, just yeah. naturally i'm like the universe because well, I, I feel like musicians and cooks are how do i put this like in the multiple in the in the multi-dimensional universe they're probably on the same plane you know what i mean like they're, they're like they're, they're in that same realm of like borderline misfits trying to find balance to creativity like yeah. you know trying to like throw yourself into a process trying to come up with all right, here we go. This is this is depressing and accurate. Um, trying to come up with an end result that you feel better about than you do about yourself, right? Yeah. 
Okay, that's like, it's painful to hear that. That's like, wow, that's fucking- No, cool. not that you said that. Like, like, yeah, that's, that's so true. That's fucking dark. That is really dark, but it's 100% true because like I'll make, like like the first time I successfully made coca ven, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm never going to be this good. Like just as a person, like I'm never going to be as good as I just made you know, this coca ven. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that feeling is the same thing as like when I would play with my band and we would play a great fucking show I would come off and be like, I'm not going to feel that good until I do that again. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like it's very similar in these two worlds. Um, And I really, really love the kind of juxtaposition of those two. And I, before the pandemic, actually, my friend Kate lives in Brooklyn um, and she is a chef. She went to culinary school and she, and she's a, hmm? where's she at? In Brooklyn. Last time, I think she lived in Williamsburg last time I checked, but I know she moved. Um, but she was also, she's a musician. The way I met her was we used to jam together. She's a brilliant musician. Wow. She's a like classically trained guitarist, but she's a fuck. She yeah. shreds. Like her band is called Monty, M-O-N-T-E. Really, really good. They play in Brooklyn all the time. Um, so she's the, yeah, she's the lead singer and lead guitarist. And she and I were going to work on this project in March of 2020 that mm-hmm. we were going to make a video. We were going to jam and create a song. And then we had to make a dish inspired by the music that we made like make the music and then say like what did this make us feel what do we want to cook right I love that. Um, yeah and that we were planning to hang out uh march 18th of 2020 <laughs> and then that happened um, <laughs> so that never came to light but um she and i still talk about it though and so i'd like so there there is a connection here that i've been trying to kind of dip my little uh you know metaphorical claws into and <laughs> I don't know. Somebody like you would be a good person to talk to about this kind of stuff because like you you live in like this world, you know? I mean, like when you're not playing music, I'm assuming most of your time is spent. Well, I mean, oh, that's another thing we're going to talk about. You, you do like 9,000 fucking things. So this is like, this is, I need to find out how you balance your life. This is amazing. Like um, outside of the cooking, outside of the music, outside of uh, the, being the head coach for the squash team. <laughs> um, right. Um, also known as, right. Mm-hmm. So you, you are, uh, you're a director on the board. And, yeah, one, um, one of the directors, yeah. One of the director. Uh, and I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, so how about this? I gave a stupid little mini intro in the beginning. Why don't you tell me, just like, you know, give me the, you know, the, the, the mission statement, whatever. You know, you, you, you expand my mind on what it is and what it's about and why you dedicate, you know, that much time to it. Totally, yeah. I actually, so when I was, I was only seven months when I was adopted and my, I actually have a younger sister who's also adopted. She's <clears throat> like one and a half, two years younger than I am. And my parents immersed her and I into all of these we're both adopted from China by the way um Chinese cultural events and classes like dancing writing all this stuff and to the point where we kind of got tired of it and I'm like so numb to it and then we went to all these camps and stuff like that but we are part of this organization also known as and it's it stands also known as obviously it's like aka you know but it for us it's like my name is Hope, also known as Chen Xiaomei. Like, it's also, like, also known as your, your original name. You know, I don't know what people call it, but, yeah, my Chinese name. Um, so I've been part of that since I was, like, seven years old. They have a teen and mentorship program, actually. Really? So I actually I do some cooking classes for them now. Oh, shit, really? Mm-hmm, it, it, over Zoom because of this right. stuff. But, um, yeah, I do that. Um, but no, it's a great organization. I was I was actually roped in from an old uh, mentor of mine when I was in the teen program and the youth program, and it's great. Honestly, it's a great community. Um, we have events every month. Um, 
yeah, people bond. It's a really great community. So I'm, I, I am curious. Um, I don't know. I mean, so I, because I mean, I have, I have a, I have a relative who's, a, who was adopted from Guatemala. Right. And she, oh, really? yeah. And she, and she, she's talked about it like a little bit, but I, I'm just, I'm so curious about that because like, there's, there's gotta be like part of what I was reading too about AKA was like, there's this like disconnect that's there that isn't like it, it can kind of exponentially kind of grow. I think maybe as you get older, especially, you know, and you become like more aware and, you know, maybe some people want to find out like if they are from, you know, China, what region, like, where was I from Hunan? Like, you know, where, like where, you know, where. Yeah, Did you I mean, say Hunan or you just. What? You just said Hunan, right? Are, are just you, randomly. We're, we're, I am from Hunan. Are you really? <laughs> oh shit. Okay. No, I just I just picked it just because I I I I was looking yeah, up, I was looking up actually yeah, no that but I was also looking up like Hunan like cuisine like real that's for sure another, that's another thing that was, it's like you know that was that, a good coincidence right. that was a very good coincidence but like I'm I'm just I'm, I was always so curious about that because like you know I, there's it's probably and you can tell me if I'm I'm totally off base here and I'm actually curious yeah. but is it is it kind of like this like double edged not double edged sword that's the wrong word but like is it kind of like this back and forth a little bit where it's like you know you came here so young right. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you are American, like, you know, and you, you were, you know, you're from Brooklyn, like, fuck, like, you're literally a New Yorker, like, you know, you're, you're a New Yorker. But at the same time, like, you have this, like, like, inside, you've got this, like, connection that you kind of want to, like, explore. And, like, it doesn't necessarily, like, always represent all of who you are, but it's, like, this huge part of you that mm-hmm. you wanted to kind of, like, emphasize. And I, I don't know, like, is there that kind of, like, push and pull a little bit that you've kind of, I don't know. Or yeah. if, that, if that's a little too heavy, you could also... No, it's not heavy at all. I'm just figuring out how to answer it. No, it's funny because I actually... So we went to a stupid-ass, like, private white school in, like, Brent Heights. <laughs> so we were very... No, but, like, as a bad thing because it was a very, like, white supremacy, like, dominant and stuff like that. And I've talked to, like, all the... Uh, mm, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and I've talked... Um, so we are a little bit whitewashed. And then... Once, so once you, when I was starting to get into serious relationships, I started thinking about like in depth, like my personality, like other people's personalities. And I was already into psychology and people's, how they behave and stuff like that. Right. So I've, in all, it's literally only in the past three or four years that I'm about to be 27 this year. Oh, okay. But I, it's, it's like clicked in my head where it's like, oh this is why I'm like this and like all that other fun stuff. And it kind of just doesn't end. So it's like a journey and like stuff like that. But I've definitely found a lot of parallels and just connections with food too. It's just like when I was, I knew also when I I was into food since I was younger, when I was just like floating around being a child, I was like all the stuff that stood out to me was food. It was just like cooking. Like I took Chinese language and stuff like that and we made dumplings i'd only think about the dumplings and i'd only think about the food that was on the anime and (laughs) like food memories were the one i realized that honestly just all the food memories stuck in my head i'm like maybe this is like the reason why but i mean yeah it's 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 amazing to me it really is because there's so much that like goes into it and there's so much of like negative and like positive that you can pull out and it's like it's not really I mean, that's really what I'm curious about. Like, I think people need to, not everybody has a place like AKA that allows you to kind of explore that part of yourself, right? Um, yeah. I didn't know that. How many adults actually have joined? 
which and is amazing too. Into any adoptee community or camp before, so I'm like, that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's amazing to me. Because like, imagine going, you know, all those years, and then finally at like the age of I don't know, 24 or something, right? Like, you know, being mm-hmm. able to explore a part of yourself that you really wanted to, you know. I mean, that's like, I don't know. It's something. I think it's the reason why people who you know, spit into a tube and do the whole ancestry thing and then actually go down like their family tree and stuff like that. Like the more you find out about where you came from, right. Or just like your history or your family, anything, I Mm -hmm. think it kind of gives you this like bigger picture a little bit. And there's a difference with like family and family trees and shit. Like people do that all the time. But for somebody like you, you know, like I said, you're just, you're embedded so much as like an American because you came here when you, you, what you said you were what two, right. Seven months. Seven months. Yikes. Okay. Wow. Was very um, so you're like, um, say what? No, I said, no, you're good. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like, it's just, it's gotta be this like in- weird, incredible feeling of like exploring that kind of side of yourself. I mean, totally. what was, all right. So what's, what's one thing that you maybe took away from like, you know, finding out about, you know, your culture or who not re- anything like that, that you really still to this day have like maybe incorporated into your life that's a funny question because i don't think i have incorporated anything and it's honestly cooking it's coming out like my inner whatever (laughs) (laughs) it's coming out i'm like so when i'm cooking and people are like what are your favorite dishes and i'm like i literally love cooking like indian food mediterranean food japanese food like all these because one i like grew up in new york city ate all the food my dad cooked and all that stuff but i found it funny that i was like I have no idea how to cook Asian food. Only in the past three, two years, I've like learned the kind of the techniques, but it's still like, it's a crazy. That's a whole, that's a whole other world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, I'm that like, is, oh my God. Even, even, this is going to sound weird. This is going to sound weird. And this is, I mean, this technically goes more with like um, Korean cuisine, but even the way that like vegetables and potatoes are like peeled it's like different directions in some case, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you know about this, but like in America and in the U S like with those kinds of like uh, culinary trainings, a lot of times it's like, uh, what is it? It's like, I think it's towards you, right? You're taught to like peel towards you, I think. Right. And then in a lot of other cuisines, including like Korean and stuff, it's like away. And it's like small little subtle things like that, that yeah. I didn't even know about. And it was just like, you know, and like, I just, I don't know, the more I've been like diving into all this, the more it fascinates me in a way. Like you said, it's just kind of coming out like in your cooking, which is, and you're right, by the way, it is like a whole other realm of like training. Like, As is any kind of cuisine. And yes. honestly, sometimes when you're a chef, you're just like, you know, whatever works for you. Cause right, you're, yeah. it's kind of, it's, cooking is like an art, you know, right. it's an edible, delicious art. It literally it, is. Do whatever you want with it. And you're just putting yourself on a plate, literally with right. the, TV shows are saying it sounds savvy, but yeah. It's true. You're literally, you're literally giving yourself an opportunity to show people a part of yourself. Like this is what this is what I wanted to like like I said, you're trying to create an end result that you think best represents or better represents you than you yeah. do, right? Like, wouldn't you rather and I don't know how you are, you you seem like a very personal person, but personally for me, I would much rather serve somebody a dish, watch them eat it, and like have them enjoy it than have like a full blown conversation about like most things like you know like I, I I do love to talk but like I would much rather like I love to feed people like I love yeah. feeding people like I love feeding people like and I'm annoying with it like I'm horrible I'm the worst like ask my wife I'm fucking horrible I'm like you oh, cook God. for eight of your what, your in-laws yeah um 
and yeah, I mean, even even when even with the catering, like I I didn't realize how much prep catering was. Like how much catering is prep? I guess I should say that. Like first of all, hire prep chefs at four in the morning. Like first of all, mise en place, great fucking word. And for all you dummies that don't cook, um, sorry, <laughs> that was mean. Uh, mise en place. Uh, I went to film school, by the way, so mise en scène is something that I dealt with a lot, but very similar. So, I don't know what that is. So mise en scène, much like mise en place. Mise en place for all you people watching me and uh, hearing me. Mise en place is like, you know, your chives. It's things that are portioned out, things that are ready to go. You have your entire station just ready to go. You've got everything set, right? And especially like your garnishes are the main part of it, right? Like everything you finish dishes with, like anything that's going to be like, you know, uh, layered in the dish. Sauces, like finishing sauces, all that shit. Like you have everything set so that when the fucking thing comes out of the oven or it comes out of the pan and it's hot, you just go. And that's it, you know, and mise en place in film is kind of like that. It's like everything in the scene, right? So it's like making sure everything is kind of set up so that you can just kind of like go. And go um, yeah. exactly. So From that's why scene? when I said, scene? yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, mise en scène, as the French say, uh, mise en scène, um, which is amazing. But yeah, so, and so I, I don't know, like I have found, because I went to film school as well. And I, so I've always like done, screenwriting and I've always done like you know like um written written and revised scripts I did a fucking research paper as my final thesis on psychology like uh, incorporated into cinema like it was it was insane it was stupid but um, it was it was um I don't know I'm finding that I like to dive into these worlds and it seems like you kind of do too a little bit where it really forces creative output like it forces you to have to channel something in yourself to yeah. get some kind of results, you know? And when you cook for 125 people, there's something you got to pull out inside of you. That sounded horrible. There's something inside of your soul that you need to extract. <laughs> that sounds even darker. That you need to, <laughs> this is just, this is getting, this, this, is, this is, all right, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna reset, okay? We're gonna reset right now. Creative expression. <laughs> so basically that's what i'm trying to say uh, let me let me stop with the, the 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 intricate meta metaphors but um i don't know i mean i feel like there's there's not enough talked about it but by the way to what you said asking a chef what their favorite thing to cook is possibly i think one of the stupidest questions ever because like if you say not to be mean to people but it's true come on like it is, if you, it is. Hard, like it's a hard question to answer it's you, it's, like, what, what, what's your favorite thing to cook I, I don't know food like like what do you what the fuck are you supposed to say like you, you yeah. know it's like i love to cook like that's what i like to cook like leave me the fuck alone like that's like you know like like not to be mean but like it's true like i'm not you know i should start using that answer you should yeah it's like what do you like to cook i like to cook food why don't you sit down and eat how about that <laughs> <laughs> like, my god I don't know. I just, I feel like when you're in this world, right. And I'm starting to finally like be a little more present in this world. Right. Like I didn't do the real way. Like you did. I didn't go to culinary school. Right. Um, I learned through many cuts, uh, mistakes to <laughs> not make, um, first and foremost, which I remind people of most episodes, uh, a sharp fucking knife. So anybody listening and watching sharpen your fucking knife, if you haven't already, because you're going to go to cut a tomato and you're going to chop the finger off. So, um literally there you go um that was the first thing actually my dad told me when i was young about cooking he was like the one thing in the kitchen that's more dangerous than a sharp knife is a dull knife 
I was like, okay, that's simple enough to, for my tiny yeah. brain to, that's simple <laughs> enough for my small little brain to retain. I think I'll just remember that, you know, but um, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's so many parallels in these different worlds and somebody like you, you're kind of an amazing example of it in a way, because you literally are living all these things that, you know, make, make you, you know, I mean, you're part of an organization that represents something that you were not only a part of, but something that you care about. You are extremely athletic and you're involved in squash. You went to culinary school and you do private chefing and catering now through that. You know, you're an avid musician. You've been a musician since you were young and you're a keyboard player. Like you're literally, you've constructed your life in a way to where you're able to kind of channel yourself through all these different outlets. And I feel like there's more parallels in things like that, that people could be doing that they don't like people will shove something to the side as like a hobby, right? Mm -hmm. and not pursue it further than that because they just maybe they want to maybe some people just want to keep it as a hobby and that's fine but i feel like there's something to maybe explore a little bit more for some people and i think that you're like a good example of that to where you're like i'm gonna find things that that i know that i really want to roll with and i'm yeah. gonna fucking go and that's like that's something you should be uh you should be you should be jazzed about a <laughs> musical pun <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> musical pun Whoops. Um, oh man I forgot the camera's on people people are just going to see me fucking yeah, I know. <laughs> they're going to be like oh my god <laughs> like, well this is my first and last episode of Spicy Memories uh, so so yeah um, okay so what's your favorite thing to cook no um, <laughs> what, um, <laughs> all right here, here we go here we go what is your what is one ingredient that you maybe recently discovered or started using, maybe not discovered, that has changed the way that you cook things or season things or finish things, anything like that. I mean, for me, it's furay and uh, gochujang. I started using- What was the first one I cut out? Uh, for... furikake, uh, yeah, uh, seasoning. Yeah. Yeah, so amazing. It's like the real version of everything bagel seasoning, literally. Oh, like, yeah. it's like toasted sesame seeds and, you know, dashi and like nori and like, all these incredible things that add all this umami to finishing, even just plain rice. That and gochujang I've started using to cut like, you know, barbecue reductions that I make. And like, you know, I mix it with QP mayo and I make a coleslaw out of purple and green cabbage, like stuff like that. So for me, it's like those two recently that have really like changed the way that I kind of finish things and stuff. But is there something like that for you? Maybe even the past like couple of years even, you know, maybe even through like ICE that you were just like, holy shit, how have I never used this before? It's on, honestly, it's so easy, but I never used alcohol. Really? Oh, no, 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 that's, that's, not, that's not easy. Yeah, I don't really drink liquor, and I was like, I made French onion soup the other month, like twice or whatever, and you Fuck finished yeah. it with the cognac, and I was like, god damn, this is so much this better. Is, this is exactly. <laughs> even, oh. cooking, even cooking, like, when I first made coque vin, or, you know, beef bourguignon, yeah. I was like, I was like, this is an uncomfortable amount of wine. Am I supposed to use this much? And everyone's like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm like, I feel like this is like a trick someone's playing on me. Yeah. <laughs> like, but no, cooking... because it's been all, it was on the, I, all of the like Institute of Culinary Education recipes. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of alcohol in the vicinity. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, it's in the recipe. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and one important thing with alcohol, cooking with alcohol is that, you know, they always tell you, you should cook with something that you would drink, Right. And when I was younger, I was like, nah, son, Progresso makes fucking cooking wine. I'm going to cook with that vinegar. And so I'll just like throw that in like, you know, a, a linguine and clams dish. Yeah. And 
I then got older and I realized when I started cooking one day, I picked up like a very, very nice, like, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon. Right. And I was making a risotto and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to put some of the red in the base with the, with, with uh-huh. the sh- shiitake mushrooms that I had. And I had everything toasted with this. Uh, I make this um, Calabrian chili infused olive oil. So I mm. mixed together a little wow. bit of olive oil, a little bit of canola oil and some Calabrian chilies and garlic. So it's a higher smoke point than olive oil, but it has really right. good heat. Doesn't matter. Right. Anyway. So I, I had this whole dish and then I was like, fuck it. And I poured the red wine in and I cooked the whole thing through and I tasted it and I'm like, yeah, I totally see what they mean. Because when you cook, when you cook the alcohol off, all you're left with is the flavor. Yeah. So if you're cooking I with- liquor. Exactly. That's what like, <laughs> and it's an opportunity to drink while you cook. That's like, come on, like Jesus Christ. Like, ah, oh, man, that was one of the first catering gigs I ever did. I was catering and I was doing stuff in the back and even we were just doing prep. We weren't actually uh, on the job yet. And mm. the chef just kind of was cooking with like this red wine and he poured some into the cup and we're just kind of drinking it while we were prepping stuff. Uh, right. PSA, by the way, don't drink heavily when you handle sharp knives. Uh, but um, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's when you can taste it through the food, it changes how you use it to me. I mean, is it like, is, so is cognac the one that really kind of fucked you I was up mentally? I French onion soup. I was like, God damn. That's pretty good. French onion. I never thought about that. Cause usually for French onion soup, I would use, um brandy if i had it mm-hmm. um but also sometimes i don't have it and i'm like i'm just gonna use a little red wine it'll be all right and okay, so yeah. you know what i mean but like i've never heard of that in a, it's, it's 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 not a real it's not a real thing it's me being lazy and not getting the right ingredients and being halfway through a dish and being like fuck <laughs> just like being like well this is not gonna work out um it's adapting to the situation yeah yeah which is what a lot of cooking fucking is jesus which is also so, fun Okay, so out of all these things that you do, right, like, is there one of them that you tend to gravitate towards more, like, mentally, or just, like, in general, like, out of, like, cooking? Cooking. Yeah. (laughs) I literally think about what I'm going to eat the next day. While I'm eating it, I'm thinking about another recipe that I might try out or what I'm going to eat next. So. Cooking, definitely. Cooking food, yeah. And it's funny. do you think about it when you're on stage or no? No. No, on stage, I'm panicking. I'm, like, forgetting the chords, even though I've practiced it, like, a bajillion times. So, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know about you. It got so – it got me – it took me a while to be, be comfortable on stage in front of people. And How long is a while for you? <laughs> um, let me see. My band started in late 2010. Okay. I would say by, like, mid-2000 – like, a good, almost a year of playing consistent shows okay yeah until i was like fuck it and i just started jumping around like a fucking lunatic right and like i realized that when i was on stage I, it was a different kind of persona than when i was just kind of off to the side talking to people next to the amps not being able to hear um mm. like people that ask you questions you got to like lean in like that like what like you know um, like it's like you know i just played a show right um i i don't know it took me a while to kind of get comfortable and for me it was I don't think as musicians, we realize that like our fuck ups, like 90% of the time, they're not going to hear. Right. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to try and process. Like, yeah. like you, you know, that you played, you know, a sharp when you were not supposed to, or like what, like any, whatever, but like, no one's going to fucking hear that. Right. But like well, you, the band doesn't even realize it until you like hear back on the recording and still, cause everyone in the band's just thinking about whether they're playing yeah well or not 
as and well. It, there's, and there's certain people that have this ability to just play like flawlessly through. Like my old guitarist and a good friend of mine, this guy, Kevin, yeah. he was, um, we would play a lot of these like basement shows. And when we would have these like reunion shows, we're in our, this guy's basement that we would rent out. And like, you know, it was just, everyone was drinking and partying and everyone was so <laughs> fucked up all the time. So like we would, we would play all these songs that we used to play like five years before that and try to remember them. And I remember thinking that it was this, the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. Kevin was literally blackout drunk, right? And he didn't, he didn't miss a note. Like, not a note. I love what it's in here. <laughs> right. I mean, he played, we played this song uh, called Infested. And then right after we finished, he just started playing the intro again. I'm like, no, no, we just played that. So like he played, he played the same song twice in a row, forgetting that we just played it. Like that's the, like, and that's what got me realizing. I'm like, there's certain musicians that are just mentally on a level where they're operating separately than like what's going on. Like he was so belligerent that he didn't even know that he wasn't supposed to play the same song twice in a row. But when he played them both times, it was fine. (laughs) It was like, it was totally, it's insane. And I think like certain people, have this way of, I think, of like splitting up their brain, right? Like mm-hmm. people who can play certain guitar riffs and then sing at the same time when it's not meant for that. Like Hendrix did that a lot. John Mayer does that a lot where, you know, they'll play these guitar riffs that are not really meant to be played and sang together because they don't line up and mm-hmm. because it's not fucking syncopated like at all. And yeah. I feel like that requires a certain like split in your mind. You know what I mean? Bro, playing guitar and singing at the same time takes a lot of practice. It does. Humming helps. Humming the melody does help when you're first, because when I was first getting comfortable doing that, humming kind of helped me. Like, <laughs> it's more difficult than piano, I think, because it's literally like two, like the shapes and the strumming, and then you're singing and heart, like, and yeah, see, piano, me, you're the piano, like what you do to me would be harder because with a piano, and I, I, I play piano, you have the left hand as the bass, and you have your right hand as the treble, and you need to be doing something totally separate with your left hand while you're doing the melody with your right hand and they both need to kind of work together and i mean if you think like and granted like sometimes like they teach you when you take piano lessons everything lines up or whatever but like it really is like you know especially in like you know stride piano like those kind of like jazz players and stuff oh yeah that's difficult yeah if you're singing on like the maple leaf rag for some reason (laughs) (laughs) that would be very hard That'd be a great song to open the show with. Like, we're going to open with Maple Leaf Rag. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> After this, we're going to play The Entertainer. Like, you know, like, it's just like, um, oh, man. But yeah, I, it's, I don't know. I feel like it requires a certain separation in your brain. And I was always able to do that to a certain level. Like, I am a rhythm player, right? So I can play really good rhythm guitar, and I can now do some, you know, like, finger stuff. And then I started practicing more intricate stuff. Like, I started trying to learn some, like, Coheed and Cambria. And uh, I don't know if you know Coheed at all, but um, the lead singer is also the lead guitarist. His name is Claudio. And he plays these insane riffs and sings at the same time. And they do not line up at all, like whatsoever. (laughs) Like, like it's so frustrating trying to learn that. Motherfucker. Oh God, I know. There's certain people that, like there's certain musicians that you, you, I I could lock myself in this room for 12 fucking hours a day and practice until my fingers bled, and I will never, never be as good as some of these people. And that's the musician's struggle, too, I think, is that you're always aware that there's always somebody who's, like, always going to be better than you, you know? And I don't know about you. I mean, I, I used to not care about that, but then I would, 
you know? <laughs> no, which is, I mean, it's good if you don't really give a fuck about that because then you can actually enjoy. But like, I would play with certain people and much like cooking, right? It helps to surround yourself with people that are better at that than you because you tend yeah. to learn a lot. Learn. You know? Yes. Right. I mean, you don't learn if you're just, you know, with, if you, your ego's blowing up and you're just like, I'm the best fucking person in this band. God damn. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, all right. It's like, you know, it's like, I am Simon, you're Garfunkel, you know? <laughs> so it's like, um, that was mean to Art Garfunkel. Sorry, Art. Um, <laughs> but he's fine. He's doing fine. He's Art Garfunkel. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I, like with music and like food, I'm just, I'm seeing the older I get and the more I cook, especially, and the more into it I get, like you have more experience than me in like a professional cooking setting. Cause when you're in culinary school, they're prepping you for that. They're not just prepping you like a big misconception with cooking school and with culinary school and, and the arts in general is that they, I think people think that you go there and they just like give you recipes and they're like, okay, and like, that's not what it's like. They're teaching you how to braise, how to saute, how to make a roux, how to make a bechamel, how to do the base. If you need to make a soup, here's how you make a soup. It doesn't matter what the fucking flavors are. This is how you make a soup. Yeah. Right. You know, you know, so like that's really what it's about. And then it's kind of up to you to let your creative expression kind of go through that. Exactly. That's the reason why I went to culinary school, to learn all the techniques and just to know more flavors and everything like that. And then you just go off into the world and run with it. But so, that's, yeah. Look, I was going to say, so at ICE, I, I don't know if it's set up the same way as um, CIA, but at CIA, uh, from people that have been there that I know have told me, everything is kind of separated as far as like semesters. Like you have a whole semester on like bread. Right. And like then in a whole other semester on like potatoes and like, so it's a it, way more intricate version of okay. the way so, more intricate school than ICE. That's okay. So, oh, okay. So you're saying CIA is more intricate than ICE. Oh, totally. Totally. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, ICE, honestly, the program I did was, it was eight months and it included an externship, which was working at a restaurant in the city. And there were like four or five modules. It was like sauces, soups, like techniques, baking. Don't really remember the other ones. And there was like other like street food and fun stuff from like famous chefs, recipes, right. like that. That's, see, it's, it blows my mind that they break it up. Because like, like when you think about cooking, I feel like people don't realize that. That there's people like you who go to school and you learn the intricacies of like all these different aspects, right? Because, like, if you learn to, like, you know, bake a loaf of bread, you're like, okay, well, that's how you bake a loaf of bread. But, like, you know, it's different if you want to make, like, you know, a crusty, you know, French loaf or if you want to do, like, sourdough or if you want to make biscuits, right? Like, it's like, you know, or dinner rolls, anything like that. There's, mm -hmm. like, all these different kind of aspects to it. And I don't – I feel like people don't really appreciate how much work it takes going into culinary school. Like, I chose not to go because of, you know, money. But also uh, outside of that, because it's not cheap, which I, a lot of people also don't know. Like when you tell people how much CIA or ICE costs, they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's going to be fun. Sure. Um, but I, I feel like there's so much more that people don't really appreciate about the intricacies of that. And it's the same thing as like when you're learning music, like, you know, if you learn how to play a song, right? Like um, I remember my dad learning this Bossa Nova song when I was mm -hmm. like, you know, probably 11. And I, he had the classical Brazilian guitar and he was doing the, you know, the, the alternate picking with the thumb, all that shit. Yeah. But like, that's learning like a song. Like he wasn't like learning the techniques of like Bossa Nova. Like you get some of the techniques a little bit. Like 
you know, just like when you're learning how to make one type of bread, like you're learning how to make that type of bread. You're not learning how to bake bread. You're not learning how to make sourdough. Like you're not, you know, sourdough is a whole other fucking, please. Uh, that's like a whole, do, do you fuck, do you fuck with sourdough at all or no? Oh, I love sourdough. Do, do <laughs> I'm you, not much of a baker. I was going to say, yeah. Do you make sourdough or no? Like. I'm not much of a baker. <laughs> can I, can I be hundred percent honest with you? Yeah. I fucking hate baking compared to cooking like so much i'm sorry it's just Fair. it's so much science and it has to be exact and you don't a know if it's bit boring sometimes because you're just waiting and then if you wait and it's fucked up you're like well that's it it's ruined like okay. the only creative stuff is the add-ins for the flavors kind of and you can right. kind of do that but right like i i've i've made sourdough i've made my own starter right and i've i've grown my own <laughs> starter and i've made sourdough and it, it, it's great but it's just this waiting and this process. And I'm, I'm like, I'm more You're like, I want, yeah, I'm like, I want, I want the fire and I want the heat and I want to yell and I want bad language and I want music. Like I want, I want to be doing 20 things at once, you know, and yeah. making, you know, now that, that being said, professional bakers and people who do that for a living, I'm not shitting on your career. I'm just saying that. I'm respecting their careers. Personally. Yeah, no, you can respect their careers, but like you should totally cook, you people. That's what you should be doing. Is you should just cook a little bit more. Um, but no, it's, it, look, baking is a very exact science. So people who do it well, like especially like pastry style of baking, that's like like delicate, actual like pastry. They should, like, they should, yeah, they should get paid 20 bajillion times more. Oh God. Like, oh my God. That's like a level of delicacy that I'll never have. Like I, I just don't have that much coordination. Like, I check my watch when I'm holding cups of coffee. You know what I mean? Like, boop, and I just drop them. Like, I'm like that kind of person. So the amount of, like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the amount of, like, skill and, like, intricacies and, like, the, the, just the delicate touch that it takes for a lot of this baking stuff, I just don't have. And I appreciate, I appreciate the art, it. The art, the baking, like, honestly, plating for cooking for me is, like, the hardest part. Really? I'm like, I cook delicious. Dude, I'm like, where do I put this on the plate nicely? No, I'm not an art, like, visually artistic person. I just, like, I make the food. I'm like, okay, got to plop this down here, not make it look like a mush. Yeah, but also, you know what? As in the past, like, I'd say five years, the trend has kind of gone more towards rustic slash comfort plating, I would say. Yeah, I guess that bodes well for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, for somebody like you, you could do whatever. For me, who I'm just faking until I make it, then yeah, it's totally cool. Everyone's like, oh, it's so rustic. I'm like, yeah, rustic. That's that's the word I was going for, rustic. Yeah. <laughs> totally not just me throwing it on the plate real quick. Uh, but um, no, and I've also I've learned a lot about like drizzling and like the techniques with that, like with finishing sauces and stuff, and like you know how to use different kind of textures. And the main thing that I'm learning now is about layering of flavors because a lot of people don't do that. I and love that. Like, oh my God. Like the fact that, like I was, where was I? I was in the kitchen, right? And um, the first chef who was there who left all the stuff for us, he had laid out these like chicken cutlets and it was just the chicken breast and he had like the tins and he was like, fill these up with egg, flour, bread, and whatever, do cutlets. I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. And like the way that I was taught and the way that like my wife does it, like everybody is that I season the chicken breast I season the flour. I season the egg, right? The breadcrumbs, if you don't have the season. school, season everything. Everything. And what people don't get, especially with veggies, oh. That shit is water and like. Fucking kills me when I see people under seasoning veggies. Veggies, 
are like humans. They have pores, okay? And the pores, when you heat them up, they open and they close. They open and they close. So if you season in the beginning of a dish and then the pores open and they take in that salt, it's not going to taste like a salty dish. You need to continue to kind of season as the kind of heat goes on. And then you got to finish it with something too so that you have an even flavor all the way through. Instead of, you know, somebody biting into something and saying like, wow, the outside of that is really salty and I got like water on the inside, you know, it like, and under seasoning. just about just thinking about all the details. It's like, I hate saying like perfectionist, but you do have to be a bit of a perfectionist to like- You absolutely do. Yeah. You have to be, to be be a successful cook, you have to be a little bit of a perfectionist. You have to be like a tiny bit OCD. About you, you honestly just have to care about every ingredient and just like be aware. And it's, it's great. It's, it, yeah. Right. Like I think when people make dishes at home and they just follow recipes online, if they just throw it all together and they just get an end result and they're like, well, why does this not taste the way it's supposed to taste? You know, you're not thinking about the spices you're putting in. You're not thinking about what it's going to taste like. Like every yeah. red sauce I've ever made in my entire life has started with olive oil, garlic, chili flakes, salt, and pepper always. Right. And you want to put the oil, you want to season the garlic with the oil and the chili flakes because that flavor is then going to cook out and that's going to go through the whole fucking dish. And like, you know, yeah, like, and so when you start thinking about it in like layers like that, like the chef that I work with every Sunday now, chef, uh, Melissa, she's incredible at that. She like layers flavor after flavor. And like when I think that she's done like layering and saucing and then plating something, I'm always wrong. I'm just like, oh, and there's just like something else. And it's like, it's like you get these multiple textures, multiple flavors as you bite through something and get that perfect It's bite. literally, yeah, it's great. It's just, it's, it's amazing. So I don't know. So, all right, where, where, where do you really want to be like with your food in the next like couple of years? Like, are you looking to just continue doing the private chefing and catering through this? Do you want to open up your own place? Do you want to do your own catering? Like, what do you, you know, cause I, I outside of ice, you also do your own, your own gigs as well. Right. Or no. Yeah. I'm done with ice. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. I mean, I mean like you do like, um, like, uh, do you want like a brick and mortar place? Like do you want like an actual restaurant? Do you want like a, I went to culinary school knowing that I did not want to open a restaurant at the time or a food truck. And I've heard so many horror stories and I've worked in restaurants even now. And I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. So I'm very happy, honestly. So I've done this catering thing, honestly, like there was the pandemic, obviously, which yeah. it was rough, like no work for at least over a year. Yeah. So I was actually upstate in like Cambridge, New York um, for a year and a half almost. And I came back June of last year, 2021. And I, I realized I had like over 20 catering gigs or whatever. So like the, the volume somehow blew up when I told people like, oh, I'm back in the city. So I'm just like, I'm just hoping that we'll continue in and, the future and yeah. So, and uh, I do want to talk about your Instagram. Um, you have over 21,000 followers, which is amazing. Um, when did that actually like start like blowing up? Like when did that really like get traction? And was it because of like you cooking? Was it because of you posting food in the city? Like what was it, what actually like got it traction? I actually learned a lot about Instagram in general at that startup meal cook company. And they had me actually take over this other account called food style guy which is like they they were literally having me like take like stock photos of like food and like post it and that now looking back I'm like that doesn't really make sense because it's not our photo and I'm like it, I was crediting it crediting it in the caption or whatever but they taught me a lot about just like 
how to grow an Instagram account. I also had a lot of time on my hands, so I did a lot of research. So then I, once I left the, the company, I transferred it to my own. And there's just like a lot of hashtag, hashtags and like just tagging and being very, very active. On yes, that's, so that's the main thing. If you can keep up with it. Well, yeah, my God. If you I don't keep... do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it stayed at like, it stayed at like the number I'm at because I'm not, I'm not doing anything. It takes a lot of work to promote yourself. Really I'm like, does. I'm not happy with this number. I'm like doing other stuff. And so. It's and I think part of the problem too with anybody on social media is, is that the constant changing algorithm, especially for an app like Instagram, yep. it really, really fucks with everything. Because like you train yourself a very specific way on how to engage and how to grow, and then the algorithm just totally changes. Like I remember I joined a foodie group um, that a friend of mine from New Hampshire got me in. And all of a sudden, it was like, no, 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 liking isn't what gets you on people's pages. It's saving the posts. So if you like our posts, you have to save them too. And I'm like, yep. I'm like what? I was like, seriously? Like, you know, and I don't know. It's just like, and certain reels that I put up have gotten, I talked about this in the last episode, like certain ones have gotten a lot of views and they're mm, complete nice. fucking bullshit, like total bullshit. Like the ones- The ones you I don't care about are the ones that get the most traction. Every fucking time it's the most annoying thing ever like i set up like my camera i'll shoot in like 4k on my phone i'll get these nice like close shots of like slicing and like dicing and i'm like ooh, yeah it's beautiful and it'll get like 300 views and i'm like okay well i'm just gonna go like smother myself with a pillow go fuck myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly I'll, I'll just go fuck myself that's fine but then like the one that recently got a lot of views was me when i finally got access to restaurant depot and i came home with like the mm -hmm. like, five pound bag of spinach that was like this big uh, like it was me just I mean, that's gonna prank anyway yeah <laughs> like, i was like i was like i was just showing all the stuff i got from restaurant depot and that got like it got like over a hundred thousand views in like no time and i'm like fuck this like this is so stupid like i put so much effort in, into all these other videos and nobody fucking cares and I then i don't know about you but like when i post something that i really care about and nobody likes it right I'm like, all right, whatever. But then you post something that you don't really give a shit about and it gets a lot of likes, that pisses me off. Because I'm like, I know that these people would see it. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I know you're seeing it. You're just like, mm, no. You know? It's like, yeah. it's, I don't know. It's just Instagram. Is all... is don't give a fuck. Just post whatever. Some right. people are like, oh, I'm scared to post this. I'm like, bitch, there's so much content out there and no one gives a fuck. It does not matter. Like, I, I, I posted embarrassing things. And I'm just keeping it up. I'm like, you have, to, you have to put a little part of yourself, which you do, which is great. You put a little part of other aspects of your life into the Instagram, not just straight, straight up food. You know, right. like you'll post about AKA, you'll post about squash. Like you'll post about just like in general, like being in Brooklyn, like, you know, you have to kind of sprinkle in little bits of yourself, I think, because people want to totally. see. Who's like behind the camera. It's like a lot of foodie accounts, like food right. porn accounts are just like, oh, it's right. food, food, food. Don't know who the person is. So. Right. And like some people prefer it that way. I get it. But I don't know. The new, another new trend is like, you know, uh, you'll see foodies and people posting like a selfie of themselves, like, oh, like holding something. And they're just like, hey, I have a lot of new followers. Let me introduce myself. This is Marona, right? And it's like, it's like to all my new followers, here's a little bit about me. And yeah. you know, I, I've even made a few posts like that. And I'm not, I'm not happy about them. But um, even the, the one thing. Be yourself, be authentic. And like, no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think I stopped like censoring myself on Instagram. Like I used to care a lot about certain things I said. And like did, and I'm like, do I use the word daddy too much? Like, is this like, you know what I mean? Like, is this like, that's like, that's the main concern. Cause like my family all follows me and I say, I say 
horrible, weird things. Like even I said that something was- today. I said something today that was borderline psychotic, and the view the post still got a lot of views, which I'm really happy about. But it was literally like I was talking about the difference between using like a cast iron and like a nonstick, right? And because yeah. I, I made like this dish inside of a cast iron, whatever. And then I said, um, proof that a good cast iron can be used for anything. Take your nonstick pans and throw them under the wheels of a moving school bus, making sure all the children feel the bump under the wheels, burning the feeling in their minds and memories of crushing unnecessary evils out of your life. Now, there is no reason that I needed to say that, but I'm like, fuck this. I'm just going to be like, because that's, that's just how I talk. I'm a fucking lunatic. Yeah. And so... It. you know i i feel like you're right i feel like you need to be yourself when you engage and not in real life and also in on instagram yeah. yes yeah More like there real life <laughs> like there are some differences between me on instagram and me but not totally. a not yeah. a lot though <laughs> like like not a lot like like i'm i'm really it's like that or like they're still trying to be fake and stuff because i don't i don't honestly get it anymore I mean, and to grow your page the way that you did, even in general, is just, it's, it's amazing. And the content that you post is really fucking good. Like, it's really, really good. And I am curious. So you were upstate for like 18 months, you said, right? Something like that. So coming back to Brooklyn, the difference in um, cuisine availability, I'm curious. Uh, I don't know what it's like up in Cambridge, New York, or wherever you Ooh. were, but like, like I don't know, like what, like the fact that, like in a lot of parts of Brooklyn and like a lot of the city, you can pretty much get anything at any time that you kind of want to. Yeah, it was funny though, cause upstate. So I was actually at my boyfriend's parents' house, and we were up there and chilling. I know he's a musician too, so it's like we we weren't doing shit. <laughs> um, but his dad actually is very very interested in cooking and I, the first time I like looked in the pantry I was like oh there's Chinese five spice oh there's like all he had a nice spice shelf up there and like in the basement they have a bunch of stuff they like get a deer every hunting season nice so I think I looked out with that one to be honest um that's, that's, and you did look out because in a lot of other places in upstate New York that's not the surrounding that yeah, they're all the, <laughs> there's so many I got on TikTok too because I was bored and oh there was like <laughs> unseasoned, like the, <laughs> like the white people, I don't know, making fun of like no seasoning. But I definitely got lucky up there and I actually tested a lot of recipes up there. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks that's to good that you, that's, Peter that's, and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good that you had that, uh, it's good that you had that experience. A lot of people, I feel like, like I know people who have moved to New York and stayed there just because mm-hmm. it's, it's un- if you're all right. The city. Yeah. The city in general, yeah. not New York. <laughs> um, <laughs> big difference. I have family upstate. It ain't like the city. Trust me. I feel like a lot of people underestimate what you can really experience in New York city. And like, I used to want to live in the city more than anything. You're from Brooklyn. Like you, you, you've lived there you're, for 27 fucking years almost. Right. So it's like, you know, have you, and you've only been in Brooklyn or have you ever lived in another borough? No, I'm Brooklyn. That's fucking, that's dope. You kidding me? BK. And like, I don't know. It's just, I, even like, we, we always had access to New York City. Like I was born in Manhattan. I grew up, I don't know, 15, like 20 minutes away from the city. You know, literally we were in the city like all the time. You went to school in the city too? Or? No, no, no. So I was born in the city 
when I was a baby, I technically lived in Connecticut, but then when I was like a year and a half, technically, technically. but then when I was like a year and a half, we moved back to Southern Westchester, like right outside, like Eastchester, like not far from like Yonkers and like the Bronx. And so I've been in the city my entire life. I mean, like there was one point when I was younger that I was just going to the city like every fucking weekend. Like it was literally where we would spend time. And so I think a lot of people underestimate what's like available there. And I feel like we take it for granted because like as a New Yorker, there's certain things that we have all over the place that other places don't. Like the last guy on my episode, Kyle, and I talked about pizza and how the rest of the country considers like cafeteria pizza. That's like their pizza. Like that like horrible, like you got to like rip the fucking crust to like eat it kind of pizza, you know, like, like that's, that's not like when you eat New York pizza for the first time, it's very different. And even like, I would say New York Chinese food, right? That's far fucking different from actual, as you know, better than actual Chinese cuisine. Like if I hadn't gone to China for a hot sec, I wouldn't have not have left. Like, that's why when I actually started doing research into, like, dishes from, like, you know, Hunan and, like, how, like, what, like, actual, like, red pork is and, like, all these amazing things, like, I was like, oh, shit. Like, and you realize that, like, New York City and New York-style Chinese food is great for what it is, you know? It's like, it's, but I feel like a lot of people just say, oh, that's Chinese food. I'm like, that's not Chinese food. That's, that's New York Chinese food. Right. That's American Chinese food. It's the same thing as, like, Italian food, right? Italian food that we have here a lot of it is like American dishes. You so know? yeah, honestly, there's like a really good Thai place. Like I, I still love it. It's also going into like childhood stuff too. Cause like a lot of childhood triggers that it's like, no matter whether you're an adult or a child, you'll, you'll still love it because it triggers your, your memory. But I've been eating this like Thai food from a lantern, lantern on Montague street addicted. And I know it's Americanized. And then I like realized there's like an authentic place like only like a few months ago, not too right. far away, but it's like further than here. And I'm like, damn, this is freaking amazing. <laughs> like so much better. I'm just like, yeah, you know, that'll do it. Yeah. And when you, when you're that, when you have something that makes you feel that good, when you eat it though, it doesn't fucking matter what it is. It really doesn't like the, yeah. I've been, um, David Chang is uh, somebody I listen to a lot. And I've read his memoir and I love Momofuku and I, he he talks a lot about, he grew up in like Virginia, right? And his whole family is Korean, but his grandfather was one of those people that was like, he was like seriously taken over by like Japan. So he always considered himself like more Japanese. So like there were like these multiple layers of like disconnect with like his culture. And then even as he was like in culinary school, he, he talked once about how the professor, like they, he was making a pork stock, right? He was just making pork stock. And the professor mm-hmm. like yelled at him because he was like, that's fucking swine. That's fucking swill. Don't fucking make that shit. And when you realize like, okay, so that's not present in like French culinary cuisine. I get it. But like, it's hugely present in like other cultures and stuff. That doesn't mean that it's just, it's yeah. bad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. But at the same token, even though you have to appreciate like the authenticities of the original cuisines of all these places, the whole authenticity, quote unquote, trying to achieve that, I think is kind of bullshit. I think you should be cooking what you want and what you like. Like exactly. imagine imagine somebody saying to you you can only cook one kind of cuisine. Yeah, that's messed up. That's a fuck that's fucked up. And you know what some people that's fine if you go to Marea in the city, Chef Michael White, he sticks with the southern Italian, fine. He loves it. It's you make your life out of it, you you're happy. For mm-hmm. me, I like being able to cook multiple kinds of cuisines. 
you know? Yeah, and just being like, creative, whether it's like supposed to be on the books or not. Like honestly, French cuisine is only here because they they wrote it down. Yeah, literally wrote it down. Yeah, so and like, everybody. They're like, oh, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, it's all tastes delicious. <laughs> You get culinary cuisine, you read it, you're like, are you sure? This is a lot of butter. Are you sure I'm supposed to use this much butter? <laughs> <laughs> That's one secret of like restaurants and like French cuisine and stuff that people don't know is the amount of butter that goes into your dishes when you're in places like that. If you knew. You wouldn't want to eat it. You would not want to eat it. If you knew. I was also in the baking module at at culinary school I was, was it really like, damn we're making all this all these pastries look how much butter flour sugar and eggs go into everything i'm like i'm not gonna eat it not gonna eat it pops out of the oven i eat yeah <laughs> i eat a lot <laughs> then, a because lot. then you realize like oh that's why it tastes so good <laughs> like that's like literally yeah. like, like yes. why does this taste so good oh i brushed it with butter oh, okay <laughs> like like that's why like yes. and i've started doing that a little bit like i'll start throwing butter in like I like, I actually, I, 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 no shame. I buy frozen vegetables sometimes, right? Like, cause frozen veggie people, I'm not touching. there's a huge argument too. Like, look, fresh produce tastes great. But as far as like nutrients, there is like an argument out there that like frozen veggies may actually be better in a way because they're actually nutrient wise, maybe right, yeah. nutrients, right? It's, does it, does it taste as good to suck that much fucking water out of something before cooking it? No, but, but regardless, it's, it's what we have and it's quick. Like yep. you know, we, both have, we both have 95 jobs. So when I'm doing like broccoli uh, that's been frozen after I defrost it, right? And I, I no, no shame. I use Chef Mike, you know, the microwave. I don't care. Um, yeah. I, hey, I love microwave. Hey, the microwave is totally, totally underrated and people shit on it. But you know what? If you use it as a tool in your kitchen and don't rely on it 100%, believe me, you, you would be surprised. Uh, eating veggies for really quick. Oh yeah. my God. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because you if don't you want to eat all the pots and the oh less God. cleaning. Clean. Like you stick them in there, you soften them up, you want to throw them in a hot pan for a few minutes and give them a nice crust, done. That's it. Yep. You know? No fucking blanching, like none of that shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of stuff. No. But I've started using butter in my broccoli when I saute them. After I defrost them and I saute them and I make it, I'm like, I feel like it needs to be a little more, how do I say this? Shiny. <laughs> like it's so, I just like throw like a few knobs of butter in there. Yeah. And, that was also my trick with hash browns too. So like uh, the, the good old, good old Gordon there, Mr. Ramsey taught me how to make pretty decent hash browns. And uh, his, uh, his trick is he just, he puts knobs of butter along the side of the edges of the oh. pan and, and lets it heat up and slide down the edge. And what that does is it not only creates a caramelization on the bottom so you can flip it without dropping it like an asshole, but it also kind of creates this beautiful crust on the outside. Exactly. I was about to say, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, and look, there's obviously there's people. It's all physics and just being intuitive. Right. And also tasting as you go is a big part of it. That is the second big rule. It's like season, everything, taste as you go. Right. Yeah. Like you go through the amount of spoons that people go through in kitchens is insane. (laughs) Yeah. Like I know that a lot of kitchens just use like plastic spoons to taste because it's just it's it's cheaper. It's just like taste. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> like it's just it's easier just throw it out. Um, it's better for the dishwashers because then they don't have like a fucking like tray just filled with spoons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. So I I am curious. Um, what do you really define? Who do you who would you define as like a chef? Because. There's a lot of debate as far as like who's able to call themselves a chef and who's not. Like a, you're asking for a person in general? In, just in general. Like if somebody, 
like who is there a person that you would consider like that person's not a chef even though they call themselves a chef you know I'm not very good at the names thing, but just it's literally in general, just whoever can. Well, no, yeah, I'm not asking for a specific, I mean, just like in general, like if somebody. In general, oh. <laughs> like, no, I mean, like in general, like. It was uh, really first. <laughs> no, no, because I'm just saying there's a lot of like professional chefs out there and there's a lot yeah. of. You it's know, whoever can adapt on a whim, to be honest, okay. and can be very creative on a whim and can balance the dish creatively and with purpose, with purpose and reason. I think, yeah. yeah, there you go. I think that sums it up perfectly. I think it's, it's about finding the right balance. I think it's about being creative, like you said, because that's the difference between just following a recipe and saying, yeah, but I think this would taste good. You know? Right. And like, yeah, and, you finally just follow a recipe, and if the recipe is great and it's tested to the T, it's like, yeah, you made a great recipe, but do you actually know what you did? Right, exactly. Do you know, can yeah. translate that into some other flavor profile right exactly or knowing what ingredients you're going to use and how they're going to taste afterwards right like yeah. like for me i don't i don't know i don't really call myself a chef um i just because it feels like I, it's not like imposter syndrome Bro, it's you like a, cook, if you cook your chef there you go see that sentence right there that's what i was looking for um i i mean i always call myself a cook but i when i first started realizing that i was thinking about like the the outcome at the end and really mm -hmm. thinking through the process was not when I was making my hot sauce, um, which I still have to, I have to ship you a bottle of, by the way, I just made a batch. Um, it's a, you don't have any, obviously you don't have any food allergies, right? Uh, so it's a, it's a ma mango coffee habanero hot sauce. Wow. Yeah, no, this isn't like no tobacco. I've never tried that before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a kick in the, it's a kick in the ass, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> but when, it, once I was making that and I started making that rotisserie rub, I add, I remember adding in brown sugar to my rotisserie rub. And I did that because I was like, so I have salt, pepper, garlic, cayenne, turmeric, dry mustard, like all these like very pungent smoked paprika, like pungent spices. Yeah. And like I need like a little bit of sweetness, right? Because as we all know, there's four things in every dish that everything needs, and that's salt, fat, acid, and heat, right? So nice <laughs> boom, nice little plug for her. <laughs> not like she knows it. Um, not like she needs it, but. Uh, but like, so I remember putting in the brown sugar and saying like, that'll help because when it actually cooks, not raw, it'll caramelize a little bit. And that my reaction. Right, exactly. So I was like, uh, and I remember catching myself and being like, that was the first time that I really thought something through, <laughs> like, like, like in the outcome, oh. not just like, not just throw a bunch of shit in a dish and be like, uh, and like flip it, you know, uh, <laughs> like that's the majority of what I did for like three years was just putting stuff in a pan and being like, Hey, look what I can do. Flip, flip, like, you know, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, like you said, I feel like with cooking, if it, I always tell people this, if I can cook at a higher level than just a home cook, anybody can, because I'm the most uncoordinated fucking walking sloth of a human that you've ever met. And so if I can manage to not set a professional kitchen on fire, not chop a finger off, you know, be able to throw dishes together, like anybody can, it's just a matter of looking at it differently. I think, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I love that a lot of people started cooking during the pandemic. I know that was so good. Like, look, it sucked for the food business and it sucked for people like you who were caterers, obviously. But the benefit of that is that I think a lot of people actually started giving a fuck more about cooking. I'm making so much bread. <laughs> they just started cooking. And I was like, ah, man, dude, the first week of the pandemic, I made banana bread like everybody else. But I was like, mm, I'm gonna go a little fucked up with it. I had these little mini Reese's peanut butter cups. And I'm like, okay, so I cut them into little quarters and I put them in as the chocolate chips. 
And wow. so it was like a Reese's peanut butter cup banana bread. And that recipe got made so many times on Instagram by people who saw it. And like, there's a whole highlight reel in my Instagram of just the banana bread and people making my recipe. Yeah. And I was I so like bananas, but that tastes amazing. <laughs> that like they, I can taste it in my brain. And I, I, know. I want <laughs> because bananas are kind of weird. Wow. If you think about it, like bananas are very weird. Like if you think about the texture of a banana, it's kind of gross. You know, like, oh, yeah, I don't like bananas anymore. I used to when I was younger, apparently. I, I mean, who doesn't, though? I feel like that's just something you're given when you're a kid. So it's oh. like, yeah, yeah, okay, shut up, eat a banana. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you're a banana. Or like what my dad used to do. I remember, I remember seeing him do this with bananas and thinking, wow, that's a lot of effort before you go to work. He would take uh, really good peanut butter, right, mm-hmm. and scoop it into the corner of a Ziploc bag, right, and twist it like a piping bag. Yeah. Bite, bite off the end of the Ziploc because we're all fucking animals. And then he would squeeze it like a piping bag onto the ends of the banana and eat the banana as he was squeezing the peanut butter. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, that's a lot to do at 630 in the morning. But I was like, that's like, but I always remember that being, you know, that's like a creative way to eat a banana. I get that. Now but, there's uh, that stupid Skippy commercial or something about them. Like they're squeezing it on like, they're like, oh, we can take the peanut butter to go just exactly how you really? Like, yeah. I don't, oh the, the tune is playing in my head now and it's like annoying me. <laughs> Fucking Skippy. Are you a, are you a, are you, that's a smart way. Are you Just a chunky or a smooth peanut butter person? Shit. I do like the chunks. You like the chunks a little bit? Yeah. A little bit of texture. A little yeah. bit, a little bit of meh when you eat, you know, yeah. a, little, a, little, a little bite. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I, I, I usually prefer uh, creamy peanut butter only because I hate when shit is stuck in my teeth. Like, it's one of my, like... That's a fair point. Yeah, I just... And, like, peanut butter itself. Like, you ever realize that, like, if you just, like, take a scoop of peanut butter, right, and it's just, like, a little bit too dry, you're like, this was a huge mistake. Like, you're uh, just, like... Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just, like, take a scoop and you're like, uh-uh. Like, now you're just, like, suffocating. Horrible. Um, but... And I've started using almond butter recently, which is actually pretty good. Mm, um, oh, yeah. Almond butter is great. But uh, I really love... Um, the, the better version of bananas, fucking plantanos, man. So I've started using plantanos a lot in the past couple of years. Yeah. And like the first time I ever made like tostones or uh, anything like that, I was like, I could fuck with this. Because especially the ones that are not the sweet ones, the ones that are a little bit sour, a little bit tart. I, yes. Uh, they're like more green and not like... Right. Uh, yeah. yeah the, right. Um, That's, Maduros? No. That's the right one. Yes. Uh, Maduros? Which one are Maduros? I, th- I, think, I think they're green and Maduro's. I don't know. I could be wrong. Someone's going to come after me for that. But um, I don't know. I, I think that the reason I wanted to bring you on the show is because exactly what we've been talking about. There's so many aspects to somebody's life that go into the things that they do for specific reasons. Mm-hmm. And not everybody can incorporate all the things that they love in their daily life. And if you're able to do that, even on like a mildly successful level, it's something you should be like incredibly proud of, you know, which it seems like you really do, you know? I mean, especially like, I mean, your, your schedule is probably insane, you know, <laughs> like I can't, you know, I can imagine your, your schedule is probably all over the place, but. Uh, I try to chill for 10 minutes and I try to do something else. <laughs> so you, you like to keep your mind like occupied? Yeah. 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 But that's how I am too. I don't, I like, I liked the, I like the idea. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't even know. Like it's, I think it's. it's be, problems. When, when, yeah. When you're, when you're a creative person there's this need to always 
be like learning or like doing something or finding out something. Like I'm like one of those people that I get bored very easily. Yes, absolutely. Like I will go into like Wikipedia wormholes on my phone, finding out about stuff. Yeah. Just because I can. And then at at the end of like the 20 minutes, I look up and I'm like, I'm like, why the fuck did I just do that? Like, it's like, you just like, I feel like when you're a creative person, your mind is constantly on that gear and it's, it needs to get satisfied no matter what you do. Like, I like the idea of having a day off, but like when I'm here and I take off work, I'm like making dishes I never make. I'm like vacuuming, I'm like cleaning. I'm like, I'm like literally just like, I'm like a nut job. Like I can't, I can't like, I can't do just like nothing. So, right. Yeah. No, I'm literally like in bed and people think I'm not doing anything. I'm like, my brain is going a mile a minute, oh, yeah. searching stuff, playing, like obsessed with 2048, doing all this other bullshit on the side. I'm like, I'm still doing stuff, guys, even though I'm like horizontal. <laughs> so do you have a favorite piano player? No. You can, and you can totally say yourself. That's, that's totally fine. No, not me. <laughs> well, I suck. <laughs> You don't fucking suck. I've heard, you, I've I heard your music. Believe me, you don't suck. Ah, man. To be honest, I have to get into new music because I've been listening to the same shit since, like, college, high school. I have not had time to actually, like, delve into an album of new artists and stuff. I just know, like, I actually just listen to a bunch of random songs from different artists and different genres, and I'm really bad at putting the names to faces, the songs. Yeah, like, I hear them, like, I know that. Yeah, but that's kind of the best way to listen to music, isn't it? Like to take in as much, like Spotify's Discover Weekly has become a lifesaver for me. Like it really has because okay. 90, 90% of the time, I don't know if you use Discover Weekly at all, um, but- I use, I use TikTok and it, honestly that, ah. I didn't realize, I honestly thought it was like for like kids and like there's that definitely like a demographic for people that are older. Right. And it's all about the sounds. And it's just yeah. like, damn, if that's actually a good song, that shit will blow off. And honestly, I got into the songs called Hayloft by Mother Mother. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I haven't. I will play that shit like on repeat and just like go in. And what I love about TikTok too is that it has blown up classic songs that became famous yeah. again. Like the fact yeah. that all these young teeny boppers know who the Bee Gees are now. Like it's just like, man, I found you very well. Just like, you know, the fact that that sound blew up on TikTok, I was like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. Or- There's a, there was an article recently, I forgot where it was from, but it was saying that, like, actually, all the oldies are coming, like, how the patterns go. All the old songs are coming back now because there's so many, there's such a huge saturated market, I guess, for the music industry. And they're kind of all trying to do the same thing. And people are kind of getting bored of, like, the same, like, rapper. Yeah beat and stuff and they're just like especially on tiktok they're going back to the old stuff and that's honestly what's blowing up on every other platform yeah absolutely like the fact that think about it this way if you are 19 now right you were born after 2000 right and you (laughs) please hey i was born in 1991 i to me like Yeah, I'm old. I'm sorry. Like, well, I'm, I'm 95. You're, you're still, you're in my realm. You're in my realm still. You're, yeah. I, I mean, I tell people that I'm 65, but they don't believe me. So, you know, um, but I was born 91. So to me, like 1990 is still like 10 years ago. I always related everything to the year 2000. And I think it's because like, there was such an emphasis on like Y2K when it turned the year 2000. And like, 
I was like nine, ten. You were like five, six. So young, I don't even know what's going on. Right. So like, but it was like this huge thing. People thought all the lights were going to go out. They were like, it's the start of a millennium. Everything's going to blow up. Like everybody was like freaking out. And I think there was such an emphasis put on that, that like, I still relate like 1980 to being like 20 years ago, but now it's not. Now it's like 40 fucking years ago, you know? So it's like, it's like, it's, I, I don't know. But the, if you're 19 and you hear Rod Stewart for the first time and it blows your mind because you're like, who the fuck is this? I've never heard of it. But these mm-hmm. are songs that you and I heard, you know, kind of growing up and just like around, you know, cause they were played on like classic rock and 104.3, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like shit like that. Um, I don't know. It's, it fascinates me that like TikTok has been able to do that. Like I was so resistant to TikTok in the beginning mm-hmm. and my wife got it and she would be laughing her ass off watching these videos. And I'm just like, and I was like the grumpy old man. I'm like, you know what? Fucking TikTok. Right. I was like a stupid fucking boomer. And then I got TikTok and now I don't know how I existed before TikTok. It's like, are you, so you're on it too? You kind of scroll. Oh, yeah. oh, I have more followers on TikTok than I do on Instagram. <laughs> Like, I love TikTok. I should I've, follow you. I don't have any followers on TikTok for you. Then I will happily follow you on TikTok. It is, it is a platform that has, like, especially with these trends and the filters, it's like the, the kids yeah. nowadays, like, it was like, the, like how we were young with Vine, right? Vine mm-hmm. was one of those first things that was like, the concept of it and the idea when you heard it, stupid. You were like, six second videos, blow me. There's no fucking way that somebody could make a six second video interesting. And then you, I just, I fell in love with that app so much. Yep. I was, I was told about it because I actually, at the time I was friends with one of the original developers of Vine and he, he worked for like a video game company. And then he moved over to this company that okay. I think Vine was owned by like Twitter. So he worked for like that company and he was one of like the app developers. So I remember we were at a Halloween party and he was telling me about Vine before it even like kind of came out. He was saying, we're about to roll it out. And he was telling me, and I'm like, I remember hearing him talk about it and I remember asking him specifically, like, did you say six seconds? Like, I literally said that. And then, like, so I, it was the first time that I think our generation kind of saw that short amount of time kind of force creativity, right? Yeah. And so, I don't know. I feel like, again, if you can really, if you can get it, it's like the girls that get it, get it. The girls that don't, don't. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, <laughs> speaking of TikTok, um, <gasps> which, like, that's like 60% of our life now is, like, I'll walk in a room. And I'll say something and like 60% of the time, my wife will just respond with a TikTok sound and it'll just be like silent. If it's like, if it's not on my for you page, it's like, I literally was like, all right, so we're out of potatoes. Is it okay if I just use like the frozen like fries? And she's like, the girls that get it, get it. The girls that don't, don't. Oh my goodness. And then it's just silent. And I'm just like, so potatoes? She's like, yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that is, it is like completely taken over our life. Yeah, honestly, because I was coaching the middle schoolers today, because I put them in, like, a little... Oh, God, they're in middle school? tournament. Well, I I do the middle school and the varsity high school, but the middle schoolers are nice and fun, and I just put together a nice tournament between them, because we can't do other school matches because of COVID. Right. You know, because we only have a certain amount of court, some guys, some guys who aren't, like, roughing or whatever, they're, I I let them be on their phones for a bit, just hang out and have fun after school. They're on TikTok. They're li- I'm like, you know, bro, like, I saw that one. <laughs> like, I can literally just, like, relate. I'm like, I'm that old person. Yeah, but it's nice. It makes like, you feel connected. Like, you know, you're, like, in there, like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. Trying to, trying to like, whip and shit. Uh, <laughs> like, is, like, is this still a thing? The whip? Is- They're literally, like, rapping the entire thing. Like, I drive, got power, with some money, with some power. Is that that one? Oh, my God. With the, rock, like, 
is about drive. It's about power. We, no, we devour. Yeah, that fucking, yeah. Yeah, but no, I'm like thinking back to my middle school and I was like, oh, right. Yeah, there were songs that everyone knew and we literally rapped the entire thing, not even knowing what words were coming out of our mouths. We just knew we were cool. No, like, Jesus. Saying the, the words the in the time. That, the fact that Lil John was so prominent in our young age and that you had a bunch of like 12 year olds walking around going, skeet, 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 and not knowing. <laughs> not knowing i didn't actually know what that meant until i saw the tiktok video explaining <laughs> it only a few months ago because i've learned a lot from tiktok unfortunately but yeah, oh, yeah. i've learned everything from tiktok I, I, like there was even um you, you've gotten have you bought olive oil before that has that stupid little ring tab that you yank out right yeah and then you take that little plastic piece and you just throw it right usually yes. so you know how like some of the olive oil has like the the, the trifecta like the little triangle opening when yeah. it's got that you're supposed to take that plastic piece that you took out, flip it upside down, shove it in there, and then when you pour the olive oil out, it drizzles, and it doesn't just come out and pour out. Literally. I was like, oh, my God. I was just like, I was like, like the amount of times that I've just put my, I was like, all right, everyone's going to taste my thumb a little bit and just put my thumb <laughs> over the hole and just, like, drizzle the olive oil. Like, like such, you know. And this was pre, you know, me discovering squeeze bottles, which have, like, saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, squeeze bottles, yeah. by the way, sidebar, sque squeeze bottles, you, I'm sure you agree, fucking lifesavers, like, yes. like good, and like the good, like heavy ones, like OXO ones or something, you know, ones that have like a grip, those yeah. are like, you could go from like 10 feet away and be like, Shh, you know, just like, yeah. <laughs> fucking just like season something from like back there, you know, like that's oh. the fucking best. Oh God. So as we start the, um, the slow, I don't want to say decline, that sounds negative, the slow descent, as they say on planes, <laughs> as we start our gradual descent towards the end, because I don't want to keep you here for three fucking hours. Um, the been? time is not... almost, almost two hours, right? Give or take. Really? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it'll probably be shorter on the episode, so you people don't know what we're talking about. But, um, okay, so I'm trying to think. All right, I was debating between one or two of these questions. Okay, so I think I know the answer to this. Actually, no, fuck it. I'm going to revise it. If you could have one tool in the kitchen, aside from a chef knife, because obviously chef knife, you could pretty much do everything with. But if you could have one tool that's not a chef knife, so you have a chef knife and then one other thing, and that's it, and you've got to make like a whole ass meal, what would it be? Tongs. Yeah? That was very impulsive because I haven't gone through the entire inventory. Brain. <laughs> you're talking about like the good tongs, too, right? The ones that are like a, like a hand, yeah. ex hand exerciser ones, you know? Those tongs, yeah. Yeah, because if you're doing stuff and flipping stuff, you need something to flip. You can't really. Right. Tongs are pretty fucking Why not? You can use it to stir. Yeah. You could use it to hold chicken when you cut it. You can make it like a claw, like an extension of your hand. Yeah, you know? that was I mean, a I think. <laughs> I no, think that's that's one hundred percent true. That's totally true. <laughs> I see. I don't mind. I don't mind kitchen tools. What I hate are the, like the one-off kitchen gadgets that only do one thing, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't. I think those are the stupidest fucking thing. Like when I first saw, that thing, that box. And people are like, just put an onion in and then just go. And they I was just thinking about that in my head. <laughs> and you go like this and you fucking like smash the shit out of it and it dices it up all perfectly. I'm like, bro, just use a knife. Like, yeah. Like that and like garlic crushers I'm using less and less 
because like just use your fucking knife like literally put the flat of the knife down and smash the shit out of the garlic like that's it like yeah and like garlic crushers people think that it's like a time saver but like is it is it really because like if you're just crushing garlic just crush it you know what i mean like don't fucking get this thing out and like peel it and take the little brown fucking butthole off it and then fucking put it you know where the, <laughs> the little thing you know the little you know the little yeah, I know. um <laughs> By the way, I like for like three years ago, I just stopped taking those out of my garlic when I cook for myself. Like I just I don't care. Like, I don't, it's what it's a matter. Like I've never eaten a dish. I've heard about using. Honestly, I saw a Beat Bobby Flay episode, and he literally literally threw out threw in the entire garlic clove and and the, the skin. skins. Yeah. Into some food processor. Have you used skins of garlic before? Because I um, did research and I was like, wow, they're actually very useful. Yeah, not independently. I use them when I make stocks. Um, I'll use onions in their skins as well. Um, nice. And then I'll do the garlic in the skins too. So like as the aromatics in the bottom with like my carrots and my leeks and all that stuff that go in there, um, I'll do like a halved garlic yeah. uh, whole head. And then yeah. I'll put like a whole white onion with the skins and everything. And then, cause I'm going to filter everything out anyway, later and like through a chinois or a fucking exactly. fine mesh strainer or whatever. Or sauces and soups and like, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. And if, if you, by the way, people, if you have the availability to get like a chinois or at least a fine mesh strainer, you should absolutely get it. Because those little, like, stainless steel, like, pasta strainers are, like, okay. But having a fine mesh strainer, when you make something that you need it for, like, I just started making chawan mushi, right? Have you ever had chawan mushi? Oh. Okay, so chawan mushi is a Japanese, it's a Japanese savory egg custard. And it is basically, uh, what was the ratio? It's, like, for every seven eggs, you use, like, one quart of, like, dashi liquid, right? And so, Is it, like, Chinese egg custard you get in the bakery? Yeah, yeah, kind of. So, but it's like, but these oh, are like, okay. these are like, these are like savory, and it's meant to be scooped almost like a little custard. So you mix okay. together. What is it? You put in seven eggs that are beaten uh, with like dashi, uh, or seasoned liquid of some kind. You can even do water if you season it, but like dashi is like the best, obviously. And um, yeah. Um, and then soy sauce, and if you want something else, I used uh, mirin sometimes if I have it, just because it adds a little bit of sweetness to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then you mix it all together, and then you're supposed to steam it which is the bitch. So it's actually a steamed uh, dish, which is a fucking pain in the ass if you aren't used to steaming all the time or you, you know, walk away. There's still pastry around it too? Or that's... You don't, no, you don't have to. I mean, a lot of people just make it, yeah, okay. no. Um, there, you can make it sweet, I guess. Um, but no, it's not in a pastry. It's just, a, it's just, no, they'll serve it in like ramekins or just bowls with like a fish cake and like stuff like that and like a couple pieces of nori on top. Mm -hmm. um, it's really good, but like a f you need a fine mesh strainer for that because you literally are filtering everything through to get that beautiful consistency of like a custard, yep. right? And I don't know. I just, I, I, there's certain things that like I think about how I cooked for like years and I'm like beating myself up for how much of a fucking schlub I was in the kitchen. Just like, I was like, I was just like doing things so poorly. Like, I oh my God. You grew. You're good. But I don't know. So I, I was know. even like before I had no idea how to make soups. I was like, how do you make this water so flavorful? I, know. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's how you do it. I'm like, I literally, yeah. When I, the first time I made, the first time, not just soup, the first time I made a stock, I went 20 years, 25 years almost in my life. And I'm like, I don't know what a stock is. I'm like, is it like, did they wring the chicken out? Is that what it is? Like, I didn't know, like, I didn't know what a stock like was. And then yeah. I, and then I, we hosted Thanksgiving for the first time. And I had a giant fucking turkey carcass. And I'm like, I'm going to do this shit. And I made an amazing, I had like 
Damn. six quarts of stock in my freezer like i was like <laughs> together like, oh my, so good and you can use that in like everything using your own stock that you make is so much better it's more cost effective it tastes better you can add yep. in whatever flavors you want you ever been eating you drinking drinking stock who drinks stock but if you, you ever like eating something and you're just like i wish this had you know whatever x like chinese yeah. five spice or you know rainbow peppercorns or like whatever like you yeah. know you can literally like you know doesn't matter whatever you can do whatever the fuck you want like i love adding caraway seeds into things yes bro i add that into my shakshuka honestly shakshuka that's a good one yeah yeah i mean i use fennel and caraway seeds a lot because i also pickle stuff a lot um i'm like a shelf stable dude you know i make hot sauce and all that shit so i love pickling i love making cabbage um actual kimchi is my next endeavor i think Nice. Um, because this uh, baker that I know actually lives right near me, she makes this really, really, really good gochujang. Like, really good gochujang. Make gochujang. Like, I'm. But, like, it's so weird because she's like this tiny little white Jewish woman and she makes this, like, incredible gochujang. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck it. Like, when I, I had, cool. I was sick back in December, I had COVID. And um, when I was isolated in my bedroom by myself, yeah. um, she dropped off a care package uh, in front of my apartment. Oh, that's nice. And it was the makings. And then my wife actually ended up cooking it and putting everything together, which was amazing. But she gave me all the necessary things for like an amazing spicy gochujang ramen. And so it was like a ramen dish with a lot of like gochujang in the base. Wow. So it's like you put the base in there and then you put in the noodles and the liquid. And it was like so fucking good. And oh, so good. And but yeah, so kimchi is my next like endeavor, I think. But I use I use caraway seeds a lot. I use fennel seeds a lot. I love mustard seeds. Like mm-hmm. I made this um, I made this sardine dish because I love sardines. I don't know why. And I get the ones in olive oil because I'm not a psycho. People that eat, by the way, the people that eat tuna fish or sardines in water, I don't understand you as human beings, and I never will. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's like it's just it's it's just juice. You just get tuna juice. That's all you're getting. Yeah. So, you're not going to put that in your smoothie. No, no. So I made this like sardine dish where I took these sardines and then I made a chipotle aioli from scratch. And um, nice. I had some thyme leaves on the bottom. I laid the sardine fillets on top. And then on the top, I drizzled it with some of that Calabrian chili olive oil and then sprinkled it with mustard seeds, like straight, yeah. just lightly toasted mustard seeds. And when you toast mustard seeds, like, like a smidge, like I mean like a skosh, like a little bit. Um, I don't know. It elevates them so much. I mean, like toasting dry, like sesame seeds and like stuff like that. People, nobody does that. Levels it up. I'm like seeing things on like cooking shows and I'm like, yo, toast those nuts. They're not toast. No. <laughs> like there was a trick from, um, toast your nuts, everyone. my favorite, my favorite rapper, who's also a chef, Action Bronson, by the way, my mm-hmm. favorite. He, uh, he was a chef before he was a rapper and he does this, he was making this lamb burger and he gave me this idea that I started doing since then which is he takes whole ass coriander seeds and he toasts them dry in a pan. Okay. He heats them up and gets the aromatics and he crushes those up and uses that directly in the meat mix. Nice. And yeah. I'm like, yo, that's a good fucking idea. I was like, that's yeah. a really good idea. Anything, yeah. Anything you can do on your own, toasting and crushing up in the mortar and pestle. Mm. So anything. I usually do this thing on the end of the show called Dank or Rank, right? Where I list a bunch of things that are usually pretty controversial with people. It's probably going to be hard with you because you're a chef, so you're probably going to say that you like everything. Maybe not, though. Um, you're just listing ingredients or something? 
No, just dishes, ingredients, things like that. So like oh. things that you either think are like dank and like yay or like rank and like meh, you know. Um, so I'll do an abbreviated version. These are a few that are always on the docket because I'm curious what people think about them. Um, so we're going to run through a few. If you like it, you say dank. If not, rank. Uh, the first one, first and foremost, cottage cheese. Dank. Really? Yeah. My parent, we had cottage cheese and pineapple pretty often. And I was actually- a fucking person to tell me that. Really? Cottage cheese and pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. No, I used to be super nutrition and bodybuilding too. And like, that's like the number one delicious thing you can eat that's filling. I just, you know what it was? It was never the flavor for me. It was the texture. That's and uh, the as I, as I said, I think last episode, I uh, I used to think of them as very testicular, so I uh, I, I used to <laughs> stay away That's from them. How do you say that? Because usually I'm I'm like very like prone to like uh like I don't like the only things I don't like is eggplant and, and okra because it's slimy. Oh, you don't like okra? Because it's slimy. Uh, well, Unless yeah, it's like so. used in like stews, like gumbo and stuff like that. Just but but cottage cheese I can do because maybe I ate it when I was younger or something like that. Okay. All right. Um, uh, well, all right. Fennel. Fennel? Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people don't like the idea that it's basically licorice. Licorice, yeah. Uh, you you save it into a, sh- a salad. A salad. Uh, a salad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fucking, it's, it's a next level ingredient for me. It really is. Like I've, when I make, uh, again, from good old Gordon taught me this. Um, when I make a nice fatty square of pork belly, I usually braise it and I've toasted it with onions and fennel first. And then nice. I saute it in that. And then it braises with the chicken stock in oh, yeah. like three hours with the fennel in there. Fennel. And I've used fennel. I have this sandwich that I make called the, uh, the BFG, which is like basically thick cut uh, bacon, fennel and tomato. It's like a BLT, but with fennel. And yeah, you need to start doing that shit. So like, look for, listen to me. Let me give this right here. You ready for catering? You yes. do a little tiny fucking toasty or something, right, for people. Yes. Spread on some kind of fucking aioli that you make, and mm-hmm. then just put a nice fucking square of thick-cut bacon to whatever shape the fucking thing is on, and then yeah. top that with fennel, and maybe drizzle a little bit of olive oil, and that's it, and sea salt. And I'm telling you, you will lose your peripheral shit. Like, it is so- a Raw fennel, or are you doing something to the fennel? Just raw fennel. Because I like, see, I like the raw white crunch. Dress it at all with the lemon or whatever? Um, wh- when I make the sandwich, I'll slice it up and I'll toss it with olive oil, salt, pepper. And if I have a lemon, I'll do lemon juice, but usually just olive oil, salt, and pepper. Nice. Um, because yeah. I want, I still want that like crunch. Like fennel is great, but like, I want that crunch. I want that, you know? Yeah. Um, but fennel, I know. I feel you on a sandwich. That's, that's great. I'm telling you, yeah. try it. Thank I have a picture. I have a picture I'm of yeah, it's fucking great. I, I, I've literally gotten into fights with people in grocery stores because I'll go in there and the tops of fennels are just hacked off. And I'm like, bruh, I'm like, I want the whole thing. And they're just yeah. like, we don't have it. What do you think it is? In the back? It comes like in that. The just like, yeah, they're just like, they're like, we don't have it. It's, it comes like that. But like the tops of fennels are so good. And I use that for garnishing dishes all the fucking time because oh, they, yeah. have, they have the essence of the fennel. It's like using dill. You know, dill, like the tops of fennel is basically like fresh exactly. dill, except yeah. it tastes like fennel. You know, yep. it's like, I don't need to explain this to you. You're a chef. <laughs> like, I'm like I'm like walking you through this like you don't know how to cook. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, so that was a uh, fennel, uh, cilantro. Dank. Dank. Okay. I used to not like it, but now tasting stuff, I've transitioned into the uh, soupy, 
Well, thing. were you were you like a green soap person, or you just didn't like it? I used to hate cilantro, but when I started that milk cake company, and I had to like taste stuff, and I started eating more food and stuff, right. I'm like, this is nice. That's good, especially in Mexican food. Oh hell yeah! Oh my god, like the, the perfect taco, like a good, like authentic, like taco, soft corn tortilla, flat on a plate right with whatever kind of meat and filling a taco is and then just raw white onion and like thrown fresh chopped cilantro on top oh that's like come on what's better than that i don't want a taco i should have <laughs> eaten dinner before <laughs> i know you should have eaten before the podcast um okay what was the ah, okay uh so you're a new yorker so i'm curious about this pineapple on pizza so i've never tried it okay so- can't say anything. Okay, that's a good way to. That's a More good way likely to, not. I, you know what it is. I've ha- I've asked this question multiple times on the show, and I've gotten a lot of different answers. My friend Felix owns a pizza company out of Long Island City, actually, and he told me about this pizza place that he went to where they blend it into a sauce and they drizzle it onto the pizza. And I'm like, that's actually I could see that maybe tasting. There. What I don't like is when you get it where it's just hunks of fucking pineapple on top of the pizza it's yeah. like if somebody makes tacos al pastor and it's just pineapple and pork together in a taco that's not how you do it I'm yeah sorry. i can see how the flavors will work and can balance each other out it's just right. how it's how the pizza is actually made if the pizza is good and right. like you balance it out with it you need to cook the pineapple with everything so it incorporates all the flavors like you know the yeah. same thing as like with an actual like shawarma or with like pastor you load up the pineapple in the middle of that spit and then you build the pork around it so that as you cook it, the flavor of the pineapple slowly expands out. More sense. Exactly. But you don't just cut up a pineapple and throw it inside of a taco and be like, pastor, you know, (laughs) that's like, that's, that's what a lot of people do. And you know, like, like tiny little, you know, 22 year olds like this is amazing. I love it. Instagram. Boom. Um, All right. And uh, what's the last one going to be? I have, I have like a rotating seven of them um okay all right yeah sardines um and or anchovies the yay dank okay i I mean i you know i've had it in like the caesar salads vibes but i haven't had it full in the dressing it's nice and it definitely adds a lot of the sauces so yes absolutely which people don't see people don't (laughs) I'm going to give you, I'll give you a little, there's an Italian sauce called an alige sauce, as my family calls it. I don't know that. But um, you macerate the anchovies out of the can, like mm-hmm. the little fillets that come in the oil, yeah. macerate it and make it into a paste with the garlic, okay, right. like with the side of your knife. Right. And then throw that into ripping hot olive oil and let it all evaporate. And then you make a red sauce with that oil. So okay. the flavor of it incorporates all throughout the red sauce. Really. we've been making that sauce in my family my entire life and it is fucking incredible in fact i made it for pasta two christmases ago when it was just us here and my wife yeah. was like yeah it's pretty good and then like a few days later i defrosted the rest of the sauce that i had and i made a pizza with it and i was like yo <laughs> i was like yeah. i'm like this yeah, is it's, it's all blended in it's like adding it's like yeah, man. sneaking up on you oh man I not try that so as we start to we start to wind this down, um, before we do a before we do a fuck Mary kill with food, uh, which is the last part of the podcast. I like games. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to ask me, say, plug, talk about anything we didn't mention? Anything going on that you want people to know about, aside from shows with Queens County roots? Anything? 
No, we I think we covered a lot and like everything. <laughs> we kind of did, right? It was pretty good. We were efficient. Yeah. If anything, if nothing else, we were efficient. It's not coming out till like Saturday, right? Because my my childhood piano teacher is playing. He's in the number one Bruce Springsteen cover band in the States. And he's playing at Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bowl tomorrow. And really? Saturday, and I can get free takes for that. But this is probably going to come out way later. What a, no, it's, it won't come out Saturday. Don't worry. What, out of curiosity, what is the name of the number one Bruce Springsteen cover band? Like, in the, Bruce know? in the USA or something oh, okay. like that. All right. I thought yeah. it was going to be like, like the ACDC one is like Thunderstruck and like, you know, the, the Zeppelin oh. one is like, you know, so I was, I was just curious. Um, it's funny too. The episode, the episode before this was with a guy from New Jersey and we were almost going to name the episode Bruce Springsteen is kind of a dick. No way. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't you, know his whole background. <laughs> So if you go back in the episode and you listen, there's like a whole section where we're basically just talking shit about Bruce Springsteen. Not it was, it was it was because of a personal experience that a family member of his had with Bruce, but also like I don't know. He's also sure. he was from Jersey, so I had to ask him about Bruce. And oh. like oh okay, yeah yeah, and the dude I was interviewing was from New Jersey, and he was like I don't know man. He's like he made everyone think that you drive through New Jersey on a motorcycle and like all you see is like oil rigs and you got to get in like your muscle car and wear a jean jacket. He's like that's not what it's like at all. Like he's just like he's like. He's like, not everything is born in the USA, you know. Uh, so um, it was pretty funny. But um, anyway, so uh, fuck Mary Kill. You've, I'm sure you remember this from, from school days. Yeah, I know how to play this game. So this is going to be, here's the deal though. I'm not going to give you anything, okay? It's going to be you choosing the three things, and it can be an ingredient, a spice, a drink. It could be a tool in the kitchen. It could be anything you want food related and you gotta fuck one you gotta kill one you gotta marry one they're all ingredients no just anything it could be a dish it could be an ingredient it could be a spice literally like just think of something like you know um, like killing, the killing one is like you don't like it at all no the killing one is not only do you not like it but you throwing it in the trash is you knowing that you're erasing it from existence forever and you get so much joy out of that that's the level that I'm talking about. I'm talking about deep-rooted hatred for something. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> fuck soup dumplings, marry hot pot, and kill eggplant. <laughs> Yo, all right. Hold up. All right, hold on. So soup dumplings, I totally understand that. That's like fucking yowza daddy. You know what I mean? The sex in your mouth. Oh, and then your Mary was hot pot? Hot pot fucking amazing answer haven't had that yet on the show that's amazing i'm addicted to hot pot it's that's bad. fucking crazy have you ever tried have you ever like tried to do your own like setup your own rig have you ever tried totally. to do it like, yeah yeah oh, that's fucking great make my own broth and just so easy it's so delicious it's not too bad for you depending on how much sodium's in your mouth right exactly and also <laughs> like yeah, yeah depending on how much sodium is through <laughs> you might die after yeah, you might you might die but yeah you'll be all right um it's like, it's like eating a pack of ramen and you look at the sodium and you're like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta balance it out with all the water. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the kill eggplant, that is the first time somebody said kill eggplant. I'm curious as to why. I just don't, I've never liked it even when I was super young and I still don't like it. Even I've tried it so many different ways. Have you, uh, have you salted the eggplant before you make like chicken parm? Yeah, it doesn't really doesn't do help. Yeah, I'd rather just have meat. Yeah. You know, that's a good idea. I, eggplant, <laughs> eggplant is okay, but I, I will say this. A lot of people don't 
put the salt on it for like 30 minutes before they work with it. And yeah, if you yeah. do that, you've done this, so you know, but if you do that, people, uh, you're going to see these weird brown droplets that have been sucked out of the eggplant. And that is where all that bitterness comes from. So the reason that you salt the eggplant, let it sit for 30 minutes is you're drawing out that fucking bitterness. Bitterness. Um, so what about you, the sliminess? I can't help you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's just, that's just, that's just like, I would have said okra, but I've had gumbo with okra and it's not slime because it's in the gumbo, but yeah. So. Right. So, you know, what's weird. I was, the ingredient that I probably would have killed for most of my life, believe it or not, sweet peppers. Really? And it's so weird because I have been eating jalapenos straight since I was like 11. Like I love spicy peppers, but yeah. for some reason cooked sweet peppers used to literally make me gag. I can't see that. It's, it's, it's got just something there when the oil mixes with it. It's like, it's, it's something happens. It's not as, do you like the raw? Will you like raw peppers? I don't mind raw peppers. Yeah, it's it got a little crunch, but I still raw, would prefer, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I just. The cooked pepper. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Yeah. I totally I do. Know. Anyway, this has been a fucking hoot and a half. Hopefully you've had a, <laughs> you've had a, you've had a decent time. Um, so guys, before we close out, uh, at Hope Eats NYC, I'm also going to tag um, Queens County Roots. I'm going to tag AKA. I'm going to put all the links on my link tree. Um, please. My God. Thank you. Uh, this has been amazing. And, uh, if this successfully works, this is the first video podcast of spicy memories. Now people can see that my setup includes a nice five foot tall cat tree for my cat. (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. Um, I was looking at that. I'm like, where's the cat? Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You see how she's fucking scratched it up like the shit on that pole. She's, She's insane. Um, Anyway, so thank you. I, I'm going to stop the recording, uh, but we can, we can hang out for a minute after. But um, thank you so much for being on. Do you have anything else you want to say? Plug yourself. Anything coming up you want to no, know about? No. Nothing? Thank you. Thank you so much for yes, having thank me. Thank you. Guys, check out at Hope Eats New NYC. Oh, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> Let me do that again. Uh, check out at Hope Eats NYC on Instagram. I will tag everything in the, in the description. This is going to be available on Spotify, Google, Good Pods, where this is currently the number one podcast for the top 100 food. Not indie podcasts, all 100 food. I am above David Chang show. I am above the Sporkful, and I don't know how, and I don't know why, and I don't care. Okay, so this is, like, this is gonna last. This is gonna last for like three days. So I'm trying. I'm trying to like trying to enjoy it while I can. The only reason that Hope agreed was like, oh, you're number one. Okay, cool. Like she was. Like, He's joking. <laughs> that would be great. Imagine. Um, oh God. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for hanging out and talking. This was a great fucking episode. Uh, yeah. guys, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully if this turned out into a video, you enjoyed it. If not, I'm going to cut this out anyway, so you won't matter. Uh, but tune in next episode. I'm sure I'll have somebody interesting and have a great fucking night.